0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome back to PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael and This is the podcast on Prince. And uh, we are going to be doing a review discussion on the new Prince album Originals. This is, though, as you're as we're recording, this album is exclusive to Tidal. But in a few weeks here, it will be uh, on physical media and also all the other streaming services. Uh, I believe that's June 21st. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, June 21st that's going to happen um, but joining me today uh, we have big sexy and sax or how are you
2: i am doing great looking forward to getting into this and again <clears throat> coming off my weekend of last week or last weekend spending time with the lovely and talented jill jones and Vanessa leitner that's right that's how i roll
1: hilarious all right <laughs> shout out to them
0: also joining us is mr amp or sir how are you I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day in L.A. Got my E3 on. I'm ready to talk about some prints now. But it wouldn't be Ampoo without throwing shade. Mark, stop playing. You got the VIP tickets. Don't act like you had some special.
1: Hilarious. Actually, there was no tickets involved. It was a free event. But Okay, the fuck up, I will be shutting.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hilarious. Classic. All right well we have uh we had to reach back into the <laughs> vault of great uh prince podcast hit as uh, hits hosts over the years, so we had to bring my man he came back he said he saw we were doing a podcast about the original, he said, oh no, Mike, you ain't the sh- you can't do reviews if you ain't got the crew on now, so we want uh welcome back our guy day
3: dropping sir. how are you I am doing well, Mike I'm glad that uh that you heeded my warning that you got to have me on when you do a review. no i'm just kidding no i'm glad to be back i'm glad to to do these reviews i anything new you know i'm all about that so That's yeah. what's
1: up. and i know you will appreciate this album if nothing oh. else yeah so there's a lot of stuff to talk about all right let's just get into it uh again this is uh the new prince album it's called originals and of course for you guys who already know this but some of you may not this album contains tracks that prince originally written and recorded but were given to other artists uh, for songs on their albums some of these songs were big giant hits some of them were not so much hits but all of these songs had previously been released and now we are getting to hear prince's versions of these songs this is something that i have longed and always dreamed of being able to do was to hear Prince's versions of certain songs, and in particular, songs by the time. I would always be like, ah, I wish they would just, if there was a way they could put up, I want to hear Prince's take on some of these songs. So when I saw the track list, I heard about this initially, that they were going to have some Prince versions of the time songs, I was like, I'm already on board. Take my money or whatever I got to do. I have to hear this. So I was very hyped and ready for this release. Uh, I will say this off the top. For me already, this is the best uh, Prince album. You know, after his passing, so far that has been released of everything that has come out from the re-releases to the piano microphones. For me right now, this is the best one in my opinion. I I really love the idea of this, and I actually like the execution of it. We will get into it here. What everyone else thinks about that before I change it up a little bit. Before we go for our track to track discussions, I want to just kind of just get everybody's thoughts on their initial thoughts on this album so far. And I want to go to daydrop and so far. What did you what do you think of Prince Originals?
3: Well, um, I remember Michael, when when I think uh it was back on the Purple Rain, uh like the the, the extended release or you know, the special edition one. And we mentioned, or even before that, talked about what we would like on it, and we did Pretty much in consensus that we wanted to hear the time tracks that he did for Ice Cream Castles and all that. And we would love to have that on there. And um, so, like yourself, when I saw that those tracks were on there, I was all over and happy. At 9.01 p.m. Uh, last was it, Friday, I was on my phone listening to these tracks with my wife and just listening to them one by one, enjoying it. I think also that this is probably on par or maybe a little bit better than disc two from that, uh purple rain extended, uh, release that had all the, the, the outtakes and such. This is just a little bit better than that. So I do agree that this is one of the better releases. I've had so much fun listening to this. I just, it, it just for me. And I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, they, they, they're of a different opinion of this, but I, I, uh, I'm okay with just listening to 80s stuff. And um, so hearing this particular release was an extra gem for me. I mean, I'm I'm still soaking it in. This is a grower album. I haven't had a grower album from Prince in a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's one that's making me go back to the song, listen to it more. There's one track here that I did not care for that I'm really digging now, a week later. And... That's what I, I have. I'm getting that Prince experience again with this album. And I was missing that, you know, that, that, that growing, that growth experience. And that's what I really dig about this, this release.
1: I feel you on that. I think I know a song you're talking about, but we'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Big Sexy, man, what are your thoughts on the album?
2: Well, <laughs> excuse me. My thoughts are kind of twofold. Uh, the album itself, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And there are some things on here that I've never heard before, uh, especially having not, let me phrase it, not having heard him do it. Now, we all know that there are sources of, shall we say, imported versions of certain things. These, most of these, I haven't heard before. So I I love that. Also, let me give it up to title because I am not a streaming person, as we all know. But it turns out that my receiver has a title app on it, so I went ahead and set it up and all that and I don't know if this is the byproduct of the new equipment that I've got lately or or what, but I use the title setting for master recordings, and the sound quality is seriously on point i I can't say anything bad about it, you know Jay Z and his people. Did a great job, you know, producing and getting this out there, and it sounds great. And there's some things that stand out, and a couple things that we're gonna laugh about too. So let's let's get into it.
0: All right, Aunt Poo, what's your thoughts? For me, um, I, I don't want it. I don't mean to be shady at all. I am not trying to be shady, but when I'm seeing, I'm listening to this album, and I'm realizing that these are somewhat essentially demos. I'm thinking like, God damn, this dude, Prince, was a bad mother. Ugh. Cause he is performing these songs. These are supposed to be, I think we all we all anticipate most of these were guide vocals. And he and I understand he's probably doing it in the manner that the the singers that he's giving it to can sing it that he feels is the best way to perform these songs. But Part of me is thinking he's not really putting his full emotion, his full vocal range and capabilities in it. And when you listen to these songs, you're like, this is him half-assing it? And I'm I'm not saying he's half-assing it, but I just, you just feel like these are demos, these are guy vocals. But you can just take this and put this on the airwaves now. And it just makes you... Once again, leaves me in awe of how good this man is. And I'm quite sure, you know, somebody listen, Jill Jones or I Simone or somebody was there like this. this the I don't know what the hell he talking about. Do you know how good he was? But I'm just saying my when I, when I heard about this album, I was thinking these are not polished, finished songs, but his vocals are just so on point. And you just. Again, leave me in awe. Like he was that good, and just to reiterate, what uh, Mark said, there's a lot of songs on here that I passed on. You know, the, some of the Sheila East song "New Rendezvous," uh, makeup. I had no idea that was a song of Vanity 6. I've probably skipped over that many a time. And like you said, it's making me go back to hear the originals, and now even further appreciate um, the song that I'm hearing now. But again, going back to the prolific, is it prolification? Per, you know what I mean, how prolific he was. There's a word for that. That he's creating these songs. And, he's, and for me, I don't know, was he doing it? Like, this is a song that came in his head that he might take? Or was he wrote this song for them? And I don't know, but it just makes you think, this man had that much talent, that much music in him, that much uh, writing in him to put together these songs, demo them, guide vocal them and here it is 2019 they sound almost as good as what you can put out on the radio so i'm really loving this album all right all right well let's get into it Uh, i don't waste no time
1: first song on here is sex shooter and for me i I will always think of the scene in purple rain (laughs) this music plays you know uh when morrison is watching the girls rehearse but here we have Prince's version. This song dates back from 1983, and it uh, eventually was released on the Apollonia Six album. Um, to me, this is just that classic you know I'm say that I remember when, you know when this album came out, you know the Apollonia Six and uh, this, this song was in the Purple Rain movie, and it always kind of felt like, oh, uh, this was just some kind of throwaway type of thing or something. you know was, I, I' never listened to it as much. I probably listened to it more in the movie than I did going to listen to it on the album. But now listening to it in its glory here with Prince doing it, I can easily see like, yeah, I mean it's probably written for a woman, but his delivery on this was like is perfect. I was like, This shit is jamming. You know, uh I I don't know what else to say. I really like his performance on this. The music, the the quality of the sound is is, is great. And I find myself not skipping this at all, uh, and letting it play all the way through. And it's so catchy. It's a simple song, but it's so. Sex shooter, I'm just like ah, and I always keep wait, wait, wait. You know, I keep <laughs> in, in, you know jumping into doing more just a little bit. But uh, I I love this. Uh, Sex shooter is, is is on board for me. Uh, day
3: dropping. Yeah, um, you know, I'm very, very similar sentiments on the album proper. I've, well, well, not on the album, but uh, as part of the soundtrack, the full soundtrack, I've always in the movie, I always thought this this was kind of a not a boring song, but it was just a song until until it's done. And that's it. You know, I never really thought much of it. Hearing this version here, um, I like that I can actually understand very well all the lyrics, Especially the low spoken word part, I can understand that well. And yes, I know we can always look up lyrics online nowadays, but just listening to it, I like that I can hear and understand it a lot better on Prince's version. Um, and um, I, I like that uh, the sound, again, is very, very clear on this. You can really make out a lot of the different musical tones on this. And this was. You know, as Ampu said, basically a demo, and as a demo, it's incredible to see just how well it already is structured, and it's incredible to see just how how tight he had that reign on what was going to be recorded and how it was going to be recorded. Um, I mean, I, I I find that very cool. You know, I know he was very much uh, perfectionist in that way, and that things had to be his way, and 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 you know, there's good and pluses pluses and negatives to that, but I like. The fact that he, was, he knew the vision that, that was in that song. And what you're hearing here is, is very similar, if not almost identical, to, to what was ultimately done by, by Apollonia. And Vanity, too, I believe. But, um, you know, it's a good track. With these tracks, you know, we'll go back to the scoring. I'm going to give two scores. One for the original versus the, quote, originals. Version. So for the original one by Apollonia, I've always considered that track a six. It's high. This one, because it amps it up a little bit more and I can hear the lyrics better, a seven.
1: All right. Uh, Switch it up again. Ampoo.
0: I have to admit, Ernie says something that I have to agree with. You can hear the lyrics a little bit better. Um, Listening to this song, and I'm not trying to shade (laughs) anyone. but the way it's a guide vocal the way that prince sings this i feel it more than what apollonia ultimately produce and you you it exudes the sexiness it exudes the, the day drop it if you will technically on um, there's the part where after the the first chorus, he's like, "I need you to pull the trigger. I can't do it alone." And he layered the vocals, and I was just like, "God damn, that was dope!" Why isn't that on the finished product? So it was really great to see what he was experimenting, what he was, how he was, how this song progressed, and overall. I think I like this song more for the scene in Purple Rain because, you know, I was 10 years old. That was the first time seeing uh, women in lingerie. Yes, I know there was Vanity, but I didn't know about a Vanity 6. But listening to these vocals, I like this song more and the way he is singing it. All right. Big Sexy.
2: Lately, I've been uh, getting into a lot of David Bowie And David Bowie was known as being a chameleon. You know, one time he's doing the Ziggy Stardust, another time he's doing the, you know, the Let's Dance stuff. Prince was doing the same thing in studio. He could take a song designed and written for a woman and deliver it from that perspective and make you believe it. He's not doing it as a parody he's doing it so it's believable. So when I hear this and Manic Monday or when I hear the Jungle Love, you can hear him taking on that persona of another person and it's amazing. And with this, he does it again. You know, this this one kicks off the <clears throat> the collection and musically again, it is so firm and solid. It sounds better musically than the original CD, but I have to do a direct A-B comparison. But Prince's vocal, yes, it is a guide vocal, and I'm not ripping Apollonia, but she ain't a singer because he shows how this is supposed to sound. And she never recaptured that, and that's not a burn on her because she's not a singer. But the way he delivered it, it was perfect, and it's like uh, I said earlier, a lot of this stuff could have been released on its own. He gave away a lot of uh, firm hits here, Other people, for whatever reason, and that's cool. But hearing his version to me freshens it up, makes it a whole different experience, and I love it.
1: All right, all right. Next up is this is a classic song, so this is very interesting. Yeah, Jungle Love uh, by Prince. Uh, Now, originally, I believe this song started as uh, Jesse Johnson uh, sort of came up with. the original music or you know a version of this and then prince did his take on it or whatever but definitely jesse had to give jesse his props uh on this song as well um this is an interesting one because this song for me is so ingrained of morris day the time it's almost hard to even you know when i always said i wanted to hear prince's version of songs it would not be something like this because to me, this is so like their signature type of thing. I would always want to like, what is 7793 or some of these other songs sound? So I was actually shocked. I was like, man, they're going to put jungle love on here. Um, Initially you hear this. And for me, you fight my mind. It's like, okay, I hear Prince doing this, but I have to disassociate Morris's voice. Cause it's so stamped in my psyche that this is the way the song sounds, because that's the way I heard it. But this is the original version of that song. And listening to this, it confirms a lot of things I've always sort of thought in my mind, and we've sort of heard, that Prince is the original freaking Morris Day in the sense of the way he sings it, all of the stuff you hear, and that, 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 that attitude, and the Jamie Starr and all that. Mm -hmm. and to hear this is just like wow you know what and and i would say i'd slightly disagree on something i don't see these as guide vocals i don't personally think prince does guide vocals i think prince records these songs the way he records them and makes you try to sound like him some better than worse but i don't think he's not i don't per se see him holding back when he's doing these songs i just think that's the way he did it some of them you could say uh he may go back and maybe double up some of the harmonies or things things of that nature. But from a lot of the bootlegs I've heard over the years, his vocal performance is usually very consistent with all of his songs. Even when they the released versions, they may even tweak the music. A lot of times they keep his vocals from the original recording. So I so I tend to think that these are just the way the songs are, but I go all that to say it works here with Prince doing it uh i you can hear he's a more playful uh attitude from him or or you know what i mean He's kind of like cracking jokes or something I, I remember at the beginning or you can hear him laughing a little bit and i'm like you know he's having a good time doing this and which is int- back then you would have never heard him laughing on a song like they would have edit that type of stuff out but i love that you can hear like yo th- th- this was prince too you know the time was prince um i saw an article about this song uh from the uh what i don't remember what site this is but it's the uh, i think his name is michael howell or he's the gentleman who is in charge of uh he's the archivist for the estate so he's the one going through all of these tracks and tweaking them up and everything uh michael howell and hopefully we'll have mr howell on the show pretty soon but he talked about the, this particular song and he was saying that in his opinion or things that Prince was actually kind of low-key joking or I would be clear, I'm not saying he was going in, of course, but it was kind of clowning a little bit during the recording of this song and it was sort of like uh, some digs at the time actually in the song. I don't know if he's saying it to say that they may have edited out some of the things he was saying in here too, but uh, they go to describe that, um, was it Peggy McCreary? She was saying that Prince, when he was recording this song, normally it's just her and Prince in the studio, but this particular, particular time, Morris and Jesse were there. And she was like, he came in here, he didn't have no shirt on. He was like kind of antagonistic a little bit <laughs> during the recording uh, of the song. He was just kind of real hi- hyped up. And she didn't know if that was because the guys were there or, or what, but it was definitely, he was on something a little different uh, that particular day when they recorded that. But uh, this is, you know, this is a slightly edited version, I believe. Then they're released. But I thought I would skip this jamming it, you know, steal the jam. It, it, it just as much works with Prince. My mind can only think, you know, the, if we jumped into the quantum realm like the Avengers, there's a world somewhere, a timeline where these are Prince songs. And, <laughs> and he does these songs in the movie. <laughs> He's just like, whoa. And, you know, it's a whole different reality. But uh, I dig it, man. Jungle Love, it kills it. Uh, I'm going to go to actually Big Sexy.
2: Co-sign everything you said. And the thing is, when Prince came up with the song, I'm just visioning him saying, okay, Morris, it's going to go like this. And since Prince essentially built that Morris Day character, you know, he sang it as that character. And you can hear it all in the song. And it reminds me of, um, like you said, this could be a Prince song, easily, in a quantum universe somewhere, because when I think of Prince singing cool on some video footage from like 2011, I almost forgot that it was a Time song. Granted, he wrote it, but yeah, Prince could have easily kept this on himself and done his thing with it. <clears throat> you know, the song is great. It's a little, it's, it's humorous, and... It's, it's always going to be one of my favorite songs. So, having this original version of it just makes it better for me, and I love it.
3: All right, day drop it. Yeah, uh, co cool sign you guys as well. Uh, the only thing for me to add to that is that I found it very um, entertaining for me to um, blow a couple of people's minds at work having them listen to this version of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's the time. That's cool. Like, oh, no, no, listen closely. And they're listening closely, and they go, the, the voice is different. And they're listening to it again, I go, and, and you know, they're they not as deep as we are on it. So they're like, no, it's just a time. No, listen closely again. And they're listening again. And I go, no, it is somebody else. And I, and I, you know, then school is in session and we start explaining everything. And I go, yeah, well, see, this was Prince and, blah, blah, blah. and I can start telling the story. Minds blown, confetti everywhere. It's like, man, they, they just, they couldn't believe that. And I go, you know, and I'm telling them, yeah, he was the mastermind behind all that. That's what he did. And, um, you know, that's you, you spread that, that knowledge around with with tracks like this that, hey, he did this and he did it almost almost like like uh, just disposable tracks. Here you go. Uh, I don't want it You can have it type of thing. And um, it was just it's incredible. Uh, however, that said, I am so ingrained in the original that it's hard for me to 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 100 um, percent. Uh, embrace this one as something that's going to take over that original. Um, the original one, I think, is just a classic. It's nine, ten, depending on whether it's overcast or not. And this one here, I, I give this one a solid eight, only because I dig Morris's portrayal of Morris a, a, in this in this track. And um, but yeah, it, it's a great track to go show to friends who don't know that Prince did the time, and and to prove that. That's a great uh e- bit of evidence that, yeah, Prince did the time. He he was a mastermind. I, they didn't do them, he did them. And uh, they don't believe you, you put on this track. Damn, so yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love that. I love that.
1: Just just looking at shout out to Prince Vault. I was just looking this song up. Let me go to Ant Next. But it says the basic tracking took place on the 26th of March 1983, Sunset Sound in Hollywood, the day before. My summertime time. And the day before, uh, chlorine banking skin. Can you imagine? Like they they had incredible two days. Yeah, they had burners. Like, (laughs) and those last two songs I mentioned don't come out for a long time later, later, later. But I can only imagine what Ice Cream Castle's album would have been if it was if that jungle, jungle love, my summertime thing, and chlorine on the.
3: it forget, Holy shit forget, so that man. came out the next day then that was recorded the next day the next day yeah that's wow that's and, and taking into account that Prince would go on for hours and hours and hours chances are when they recorded those they were tired
2: so that those were
3: tired tracks you know what <laughs> i mean man
2: Woo. yeah man amazing that's, that's crazy well mike before you get into ant i'm sorry about that ant um Poets. this is um stop <laughs> this is almost <laughs> like when on the B side of, I think it was the walk, they have the song of tricky. Yes. yeah, yeah. They're in the, in the studio cutting up. That's the vibe I get from this. Yeah. Okay. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that vibe is, uh, hopefully I pray to the state Lords one day, they'll really start going into some niche product where they be like, let's, we're going to do the expanded time sessions album or something. Let's or go. Let's just put all this stuff out. Cause, mm-hmm. cause yeah, I'm sure there was goals and stuff in there. All right. Uh, Aunt Poo, man, what'd you think on jungle love?
0: <sighs> okay, fellas, please. Hey, don't. hey,
2: Aunt, Aunt, don't get hurt,
0: man. <laughs> I know I am. Uh, just, just, just give me a demerit. Don't, Completely revoked my Prince. (laughs) But and I put this on Facebook. I was like, oh my god, did Morris Day give a better vocal performance on a Prince song than Prince? I I'm not a big fan of this. I just maybe it's jarring to see Prince in this manner. And, you know, I know this, the background, the backstory of him working with the Prince, that the Morris Day persona is 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 a, a lot of Prince's doing. But there's something to be said that when somebody knocks it out of the park, like Morris Day did, that he owns it no matter the origins. And with that, when I heard the song, I just felt like you, it, oh man <laughs> Wow. I just felt like he was not exuding that, I'm, I'm, I know you're going to get on me, that charisma and that swag that Morris E. Day brought to the song and to that character. It, it just felt like, it, f- it felt okay. I mean, the, the music is still banging, but the ad-libs, and
2: I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm not feeling this song. I'm giving you the Billy head shake right now.
1: (laughs) Well, I I can kind of, I can meet you halfway. I'm not going to say it's better, but, but I think the thing, and I can really only say this maybe with the the time tracks. I do believe that when Morris records these and the versions that come out, his vocal performance is very polished as opposed to what these so-called originals are like in terms of this, I, I like prince's performance on it but i would in my opinion i think morris's performance of it is a takeoff of this obviously he's following Mm -hmm. Prince did exactly and and he's and it's more polished which it should be because it's like yo you have to do it right like and we're gonna add a few little other things in there in the backgrounds different things and so i think and I'm i'm gonna say this about another time song morris's performance are are very more much more polished than Prince's are on these particular songs. So I would give you that. And I, and again, Morris to me has his own swag and and ability as well in terms of his performing which comes through as well. So I so I do see that. But I also say that I think it's because it's so ingrained in our minds mm-hmm. that these are Morris tracks. It would be a little hard to you know, not give it up to Morris. And plus we saw Morris perform these songs. Probably some of the first times we actually heard these songs were Mm -hmm. in the movie too. So it's so imprinted that it's hard not to, you have the visual element in the back of your mind and the vocal versus this, I would get it. But, you know, uh, I think it's a case of we didn't, we don't associate Prince, with the song this is such a signature signature song we don't associate it with Prince we are so much associated with the time and there's they stamped it they killed it when they put it out so it's hard to not sort of think yeah he's good but he ain't doing I mean he's not it's not Morris because that's how it was presented to us right but I would argue right. though that I think that you couldn't have Morris's performance if you didn't have Prince to give him the template to do it but for certain people and I think Morris' matches these tracks perfectly that you could a songwriter could write a great song and their version of it could be great but there will be those times when they get it in front of the right singer or the right person to do it well it will seem like is it yeah but when he does it yes you know it's sort of like if you give a song to a whitney or something somebody else babyface could have maybe done this song he wrote it but let whitney sing that month oh Mm -hmm. yeah okay now you know, or same thing with like again, Jimmy Jam and them don't sing, but you could even give, and I'm not shade on Janet, a pseudo singer <laughs> <laughs> that, but, like, but her put her voice on it, and in verse as opposed to maybe Jimmy Jam's. You know what? I say that, and I hope I don't get in trouble. I have some of the control tracks, and I think it's what. What have you done for me lately? Has the guide vocal from Jimmy Jam on it. What? So you can wow. hear him singing it and I can turn his off and turn, you know, and have him singing back, you know, with Janet. And and again, yeah, he wrote that song, but Janet is clearly one we or my mind is ingrained, but she works with that. So I I would say there's always going to be some times where a singer might be able to give a better performance, even when the actual writer gives you the guide to do it um but i would also say i don't know if prince was like if he was going to put this out out i think his performances or his other vocals would be just as polished as well but i, I was trying to
0: say i meet you halfway on that
2: we we'll, we'll discussed that often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just opened
0: that candle okay with that being said uh here's, here's a question i don't want to get too sidetracked but when do you think he would have put this out? Like, what album or era you think he would have put this song out that would it would have fit him?
1: I, I would say for me personally, I don't think it would have fit him earlier on. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it wouldn't so. have. You know, I could see the later Prince mm. put this out. I could
2: see it being a B-side on something he did. There you back go. Then.
1: Yeah. Possibly a B-side. Yeah, just to me, this is, I, I just don't, <laughs> it would be such a, it would be such a shock to be like, what is this? This is, you know, but I could see it later when he was not didn't seem as super serious or something like I would say even as late as Signing the time, or as early as Signing the Times, I could have seen this being a B-side. It would have been a monster B-side, but I could have saw like, yo, I'm gonna put this fun record out. That's the jam, you know, Well, you, you, know, you know
3: how this album, how you know, this album is badass. I'm gonna tell you how, you know, because we just said that Jungle Love could be a B-side. That's how you know. Yeah, she's, she's badass.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, funny. On uh, one way, you could argue uh, the, the times first couple—they're all B sides. I mean, because his B sides were so phenomenal back then, like yeah. their whole albums
2: essentially would have been his
1: B sides. <laughs> it's it's
2: it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Man, thing is, Ernie mentioned you know about the times definitive version of the song. See, for me, the definitive version is on. Oh, I know where you're going with that. First Avenue f- with the time. Because uh, yeah. that's the version yeah. that is yeah. used yeah. in the film. Yeah, That's what I reference to. Now, does this match that? No. But I think this is better than the Ice Cream Castle's version. All right. All right. How uh, do everybody... Now, as far as ownership, you know, I agree with what you said, Mike, because I watched Otis Redding the other day on uh, Monterey Pop do respect. Blew it to bits. But we all know who takes ownership of that song. Yep, that's even right. though he wrote it, but she she owns it pretty good. Hmm. And his version is fire too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, interesting, interesting.
1: Did did and uh, I'm sorry. dude. Do, don't want to make sure everybody got to comment on this song before we move forward. Big sexy, did you? Yeah, I started out. With, okay, all right. Let's move on, man. <laughs> Uh, the next track, the third track on here is Manic Monday, which uh, of course was a big hit. I want to say was the number one song for the Bengals. I, believe I think it was. it was
2: number 2. Number 2. Oh, did it? And then Kiss, you know. Oh, oh that's right. Kiss being right. number one. That's right. Wow. Kiss kept okay. them from being
1: one. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Man, man, Prince was doing his
3: thing back then.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's when he dominated. he was dominating the game. Um but yeah, Manic Monday. Actually, I want to let somebody else start uh Day Dropping.
3: Manic Monday. Um, Well, uh, this one's a little bit jarring. I mean, uh, again, I'm so used to hearing, um, uh, you know, the Bengals version of it. And um, I mean, I I do like it better than Apollonia's version. I don't I've never cared for that version. I was, you know, thought that she just can't pull off that vocal um it always sounded weak to me but hearing hearing prince do it i mean he's obviously singing uh, well not obviously but it, it's a song that 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 appeals more to a female singing it uh than a male even though he changes the genders on it uh to make up for that but uh, you know it, it, it's cool listening to him do it this is this is the fly on the wall track so you're getting it, being able to hear him do this i don't think i don't i don't feel that he ever meant to keep this out this particular track uh so i find it um you know a a little bit lacking that way it's 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 the arrangement is cool i just really dig what the bangles did with it because they really made it their own with their musical arrangement on it and i i find it a lot more um magical the way they did it now i'm all for sparseness and we'll get into that with other tracks here but um in this one here i think it worked with a little bit more with what what uh, the bangles did but this particular track on its own i think he could have released it i think it would have done well i don't know when he would have released this one again it doesn't seem to fit into anything he was doing around that time um it was more it, maybe it was just an experimental type of thing and it just worked well with with an all-girl group like the Bengals. Uh, but for me on uh, on this particular track uh, the Bangles version, I've always liked the track. I still will listen to it at any time that it's on today. And I give that particular track an eight because it's just so, for me, it has the mystique of Alexander Nevermind Having Written It. And um, and it's awesome to to know that and to have that in the back of my mind when I hear that track. The Prince version, a little bit less than that. It's a seven. There are no bad tracks on this whole album this whole originals album and um but this is a seven for me
1: all right just to throw in, as i know that otherwise i'll try to tell you apart in the comments this was prince wrote this as christopher
3: right was, was oh you. i'm sorry yeah, yeah, no. that's right you're right you're right right alexander nevermind was for sheena easton wasn't it i believe yes oh, sugar wall oh, okay redeemed
1: <laughs>
2: um uh, big sexy you know, I took an opportunity to go pull out my Prince in the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. Ah. Shout out to Dwayne Tudal. Uh, this thing, again, this is Prince singing, writing and singing a song from a female perspective. A lot of great songwriters will challenge themselves to do that. Well, can I write a song from a female perspective? Um... Writers as vast as Lionel Richie to Bowlegged legged Lou have have done this. (laughs) They come from that perspective. (laughs) Well, those are my boys. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and for Prince to do this, to write a song that isn't for him. And he was going to give it to Apollonia 6. And again, I am not ripping Apollonia but he's probably thinking, you know what, she can't pull this off. You know, I don't want to essentially waste this on somebody who can't pull it off. And at the time, he was rumored to be involved with Susanna from the Bengals. So yeah, I could see where he would give it to them. And they did add a little bit to it, but I, and I'm not ripping them either. I like the Bengals, but they didn't add that much. You know, this was pretty much a done deal, and from what I read recently, Prince was was one of these cats that, if I give you a song, and you change arrangements and do something I don't like, guess what? I'm taking it back. So I'm sure he liked what they did with it, and they didn't add too much. But I like how he did it, and I like how he did it from that perspective. And again, he didn't do it as a goof. He just wanted to challenge himself. You know, like you know, legged Lou, Babyface, cats like that do. <laughs> And I think it's a great song. Why are you laughing at bowleg and Lou, man?
1: No, I just never heard anybody compare. and, and I like Bo
0: Leg I never heard somebody say, man, you got Lionel Richie, and Bo Lake and Lua. <laughs> okay, kind Full of
1: Force.
0: Okay, okay, I need y'all to remember I'm I'm a youngin, so please oh, here we go. don't 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 toss me aside. Who's America or No, that's
1: what? A, that's a good question. Uh, you know, remember, have you heard of the group Full Force? Oh yes. He was one of the members of that. If you've ever seen the movie, which I'm sure you have, House Party, he was that guy.
0: I'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm.
1: God damn yep. it. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. I, nah, just, I, I didn't know none of that ass. I just knew it was full force. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because to me, it's such an older, you, you never hear anybody say bow legged nowadays, but I don't know when I was a kid. He bow legged. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's old school burn right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, but with that said, Ampoo, man, what did you think of the song?
0: Uh, I'm gonna try my best not to shade anyone. Um, I've heard the Apollonia version. Enough said. Um, the Bangles version, I really love it. I love their vo- vocals. I thought they they really they took that song, they owned it. It went to number two. To this day, I listen to it and I enjoy it. Um, and it's n- no shade on uh, what they did with they, it. No, they're not as good as singers as uh, Prince, and that, and I mean, how many people can really match up to him? This I really love the song. Not that Prince gave a much better vocal performance. I, I think they're even, but it's the way he sung it. It just seems like the 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 Bangles song is to me. If you listen to the lyrics. It's totally opposite to how they're singing. It feels like it's really upbeat, they happy. But if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, she ain't why is she so fucking happy singing this song? Her man ain't got a job, but he's smashing her till the middle of the night and she missed it. you know, it's kinda of like a country song. Like how, how much how much uh, effed up stuff can happen to her? But the way it's it's kind of a joyous and infectious song. Whereas Prince's version it's kind of a downer just a little bit and I like that how it differentiated from what was ultimately released and how he first envisioned this song so so to me I'll probably listen to the Bangles song more but I really like that he had a different vocal interpretation of how this song was going to be done. All right and
1: uh for me I was a fan of the the uh, Bangles version because it was you know like on MTV all the time and I heard. It. I never yes. actually got the record, you know, back in the day. But it was just one of the songs I knew from watching TV a lot, you MTV. But I always loved it, and I was always got to kick that man, Prince wrote that. I was like, and at first, back then, I couldn't really hear the Prince in it, and I was like, it doesn't sound like anything he's done at this point. But as I've heard the bootlegs and stuff, and listening to it now, I can like. He was doing something different, but I can hear now. I can kind of hear the princeness of it, and I just think it's a great song. I, I would say to me, I love the fact that I love storyteller Prince, and I, yeah, I like the story that he's telling in here. I I get a chuckle at it because, fun to me, I find it funny. I was like, he's talking about like citizen type stuff, like going to work and getting. <laughs> I was like, what he know about getting up and going, being late and got an answer to the boss. But and yeah, that's a great a great writer, a songwriter can get in the shoes and life lifestyles of other people and i thought he just really nailed that here it's a great story it's something that we can all relate to like oh here comes mondays you know i was like this is a catchy song it's one of those songs that people probably heard and have no idea prince had anything to do with it but it's just one of those great pop songs uh you know the 20th century uh so i and then of the 80s so i I think it's great and listening to him singing it I love it I love being able to hear I love that it's just something I think I like what you said Ann, there's something sad about that but in a good way it's just kind of a melancholy type of dance you know it kind of make me sit back and yeah yeah I relate to this this is what I'm going through so to me it's just it's the genius of Prince this is one of those songs that just yep. speaks it's, to a
3: storm, it's a stormy day song yeah yeah there you go
1: yeah so love it all right uh next up is noon rendezvous uh one of the many sheila e songs uh on this album uh, i'm gonna keep mine brief here uh i used to listen to that second sheila e album, album all the time this song was on there listening to this now i always wonder and i, I w- hope i can answer this one day of sheila was she intimidated who have to do this song because <laughs> this listening to this I'm like this ain't like some you know pop ditty or funk jam this like you kind of have to sing like you know this is a, this is one of them slow Prince type songs I can clearly hear him doing this and be like yeah this is the shit but I wonder she's like wow I don't know you want me to do this one Like, you ain't got another toy box because I just like wow this, this, <laughs> this song you got to get in the booth um, And I, so I, I dig it. I do wonder about the production or mix of this particular version that we're hearing because obviously on the album version of Sheila's there was some other drumming going. But even as I listen to this it sounds as if at certain points in the song they are muting out certain things and just isolating his voice. I, I like that. But I'm very curious are we really hearing the version he recorded or are they like or do they have to and that's a question I would have about some of these songs. Do they have to do some tweaking or you know, how these things are mixed? Um, or, or is this the version that he gave to Sheila to as a reference, or did they actually pull back some things in this? And I would ask that on a couple of other songs coming up too. You slightly hear certain things sort of bleeding through. I don't know if it's in his bleeding through his speakers and you hear it in the mic, but I would just be very curious. But I, I I dig this and actually this song is also uh, the, the live version of this, right on that birthday show at mm-hmm. First Avenue, which which for me is the ultimate version of the song. But mm-hmm. but, uh, but I do love yeah. this. Uh, uh, day dropping. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I heard Sheila's version out of curiosity after having heard the the birthday show version, the live version. I knew of the track. I just never really heard it. So I, you know, I looked for it. And I liked it and, and I believe my comment way back when, when on that one was um that it was it was sweet. It was a sweet, cute song. Um, you know, sung in a way by Sheila, like she was um, you know, just not necessarily pining, but just kinda like, Oh, I really like this guy type type of attitude, you know. And although I know the lyrics say otherwise, but that's how she was it seemed to be presented by her. Um this particular version of it here uh, this is as far as i'm concerned it's a day dropping track because this track oh man it you know you you put this one out there and dedicate this one to somebody there's going to be something dedicated back and it's it's going to be nice this version here less is more um i like that if they did mute stuff out I'm okay with that. I'd be interesting to hear how a full mix of this would, would have sounded, but um, I like that it's as sparse as it is. Um, and, you know, relative to Sheila's version, um, you know, I give uh, uh, her version of it because it's, nice, it's a nice track, cute track and all. It's a solid mm, six, maybe a seven, probably a six. This version of it from Prince, I give it a nine. But I'd be remiss to once again repeat that the that birthday First Avenue version with the extended part on it at the end. That's a ten plus. But um, yeah, this this is this is a standout track for me on on this album.
0: All right, uh, Ampu. Did you say you ain't got another toy box? In there? <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> um. Now. Uh, Shoot, shoot me later. Um, this has been a skippable track for me on the the album. And, you know, it's not because of the production so much. I just, the, the, hearing the production, it definitely is something that I can get into. But, you know, the vocals and the lyrics re- it really didn't, like, catch me. And uh, unfortunately, it might be a theme here, but my God, I know you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. But seriously, Prince, what the fuck were you thinking? My God, he should have kept this, and this should have been at least a B-side, at the least, if not a full release, because this is giving me how come you don't call me anymore, because it's very, like you said, it's very sparse, very minimalist, and it's just... Piano and his vocals, a little bit of a little other stuff added in, but really his vocals with that falsetto and that piano, it, it's it's a whole for me. This is a whole new song. No no disrespect to Sheila E, but I don't that 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 version doesn't exist to me anymore. This song just sometimes again you're seeing. The genius of Prince is much like the piano and the microphone where we're seeing, you know, an intimate look at him. We're seeing it here. Uh, I don't know how early on in the process this song was created, but just him at a piano and falsetto. Like this is a I I almost want to say this is kind of a masterpiece song because it's just I just love his vocal performance on this. And it's great to me. And now this is gonna this is this is gonna be added to my playlist, just like l- "Love and Sex" is added to mine. This was there as well. <laughs> "Love and Sex," I love that. All right, uh, big sexy.
2: All right, according to Mister Dwayne Tudal, this was recorded on February thirteenth, nineteen eighty-four, at Sunset Sound, and according to their records, <laughs> Apollonia was supposed to be singing this. She didn't. Oh well. Oh. Bullied well, and, fer- <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore, uh, Sheila says that they wrote this together, and when Prince was working on her first album, they needed more music, so they put this on there, and this was recorded in six hours. Yeah. You know, four hours for the music, two hours to mix it. Amazing. And again, I just got a cosign when that. Said he, he should have kept this one. And like just like uh, you know, said, B-side in the vein of "How come you don't call me anymore?" Damn, opportunity missed. You know because I think "Glamorous Life" the song was such a monster. A lot of the other stuff on that album got overlooked, and this was one of them. I liked this song from way back when, but again, birthday version is the definitive version of the song. It's a great song. And I'm glad I have a studio version of it now to go with my import version.
1: <laughs> right, man. Let me say this before we go to the next song. And this is this is one of those songs that speaks to us, man. Prince really loved him some women, man, because yeah, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, he gave he gave uh, a lot of sisters here some banger songs. <laughs> like he could have easily been like, as we said, could have just been big hits. I put on his album, but he gave. Uh, these ladies, some remarkable tracks. Like it's just, and that's, a, and this has been throughout his career, you know. But just to see in the early days, like man, just this crazy. And the fact that he can, like, oh, you need another song for? Let me go here and get in the booth and get get it popping. Like, just magical, man. Dude was on, he was on some other stuff. I love it. Um, all right, moving on. Next track is "Makeup," and this may be one of the earlier recorded songs of uh on here there may be a, one that predates it possibly but this goes all the way back to 81 uh, uh, mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken but this was uh on the vanity six album and to be quite honest for me the vanity six album only consists of two songs i've always said that that this is my own personal listening uh my number one song was if a girl Lances don't hang up that <laughs> That's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> the music on that, I mean, the, all of little they talk, but the music was ridiculous. That, was, that almost could have been a time jam, but anyway. And then, of course, Nasty Girl. It's was, it was a, it a headbuster buster jam. He just, he came, right out the gate, he gave them bangers, but this song was on here. I would always sort of flip past these, but listening to this, I get it. Like, I'm like, okay. Back in them days, there was this particular style? Is it a craft work and all the electro stuff? And to hear Prince's takes on this stuff, this takes me back to like controversy. Um, all the cri- uh, like something like all the critics, nice man and I, but uh, what's the song? Annie Christian, Annie Christ, like mm-hmm. he could have just had a whole album of that style, but with the Prince's take on it. And this is actually just. Really takes me back to the '80s. Okay, that little freaky, you know, it was kind of. something reminds me of Andre Simone a little bit too. Some of the stuff he ended up kind of doing back then. But I love this. This is this is a cool little little something. I, I let it play. Like I'd be like, okay, I and it's that style. There's other songs that have this kind of style back then. But I could have easily seen cats. And a little pop locking, and you know, and getting it popping. Ah, 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 nigga. <laughs> that's how we used to do. It.
0: <laughs> Wait, did you say that's how we used to do? Well, I mean, I'm, I'll speak. Please for tell me this video.
1: I wish there was actually, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> I love. I, I, so I like this. I, I so far I like them all, but I really like this makeup is cool. Mm-hmm. This is a gem to hear. This is is a timestamp on this, in my opinion. Um, we're gonna go with
0: Ampu. What you thought? Uh I when I first heard this uh on this album here, first of all I thought, wait a minute, did am I playing Mario Brothers? Did I just go down to the y'all oh, <laughs> don't hear that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I got it.
0: <laughs> but no, but for real though, when I when I first heard this, I was like, What the hell is this? And I said, Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and listen to this because I might get invited on the show, so I gotta hear it through. And then I'm just hearing him throw these things, makeup. And I'm like, I'm just hearing it over again. I'm like, I get this song. This song is kind of catchy. so I, I think I, I uh, replayed it three straight times because I'm like, okay, do I like this? I'm like, I like this. And then I said, okay, who the hell was this song for? Vanity Sick? i I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No way. Nah. I'm like, sure enough, it was on there and I heard it. And, you know, it's a little it's a little more produced, which we all know. Prince likes to do that. He overproduces a song. So it's definitely not this here, but just overall, man, I'm like, like you said, he must really love these women or he loves being with these women he's just giving away these songs that uh, that are just unique and showing different layers to him. It's so, I mean, hearing this song now, it feels like he's making fun of. Women, in my opinion, all the, the, drop, the stuff they have to go through to try to look good to get his attention. And I think, yeah, I guess it sort of kind of worked for Vanity Six, but it damn sure works for Prince. And I love it. This is in my rotation as well. All right.
2: Big Sexy. To me, this is Prince channeling his Gary Newman craftwork vibe. I could hear the new wave influence all over this just like he did in all the critics flow in New York that's the vibe I get from this not so much with the vanity 6 version but with this I'm definitely hearing that <clears throat> that sparse controversy era new wave synth stuff he was into and again I like it I didn't care for the vanity 6 version cuz you know I, I'll I'll take a demerit on that one. That, that was a skip for me. But this one is different because it does have that work Gary Newman essence to it, and I like that. All right. Day dropping.
3: Well, I'll take the big demerit on this because I have never heard the Vanity 6 version of it. And um, at this point, I don't care to. This song oh. takes over that. This This track here takes over that track, and I haven't even heard it yet uh So I've got no score for the Vanity Six One. This one, when I first heard it, I was—I think I had a similar attitude like uh, like what you did, Michael, or with Loose. I had a similar thinking about this one. I was like, "What? Nah, nah. Record scratch?" You know, and then I had to go back on that. But hearing it over and over again, this is one hell of a grower track right here, man. This is—it's it, a track that belonged like on a movie, like. Early '80s crazy movies like Body Double or something. It belonged mm. in that movie somewhere. Um, you know, it, it's got that, that crazy wild, uh, you know, '1980s style
0: uh, dance, you know, club vibe to it. You, you know, what? I'm sorry, i don't mean to catch you up. You know, this this is with one of those like those clothing montage scenes that this song would be perfect for.
3: Yeah, the, it, it it's it's so crazy. You know th- this track right here, and and I it's got that cold line. Hold my cigarette. I'm not ready yet. I'm like, oh shit, man, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you know what? Okay, so we've had different different um, categories, right? We had the, the day dropping track. We had SAP, silly ass Prince, and funky stuff. This one goes in its own category. It's an old category for this one I introduced. Coming back here, doing a review, a new category. This is the God category. <laughs> and this goes right in there. Right in there. This is a, as far as I'm concerned, this, this is crazy. It, until, until I get tired of it, which I probably won't. I like hearing crazy shit like this. This is a 10 for me. This is wild and nuts. And and I can put this one on repeat. It, it's It's one of those. To me, this is some classic Prince shit that he was doing back in the day. And man, this is the no words. No more words. Done. All
1: right. Say no more. All right. Moving on to the next one is 100 Miles an Hour. And this there were a couple songs on this album. You know, and I saw the track list. I was like, I got to hear I got to hear this. This was one of those songs. where I got to hear this might have been the second or third song that I played because I kind of jumped around at first. And let me say, I'm, let me put on my Prince Snob hat for a quick second. Try not to wear that. Uh, the, the bootleg version that has been floating around for years of this song is one of my joints. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's incomplete because it, you know, the quality, you know, you've been fighting with the quality over the years. And then there was a version that came out that was very, very decent And was in there, but you know, you could tell you could tell it was a demo because it just kind of, it was really short. But it was like, damn, this this is one, this is just a jam. Like I imagine if Prince was to offer this to me, I'd be like, nigga, yes. So (laughs) I was I was like, are they gonna have a studio quality sounding version of that? They gave us the more produced version of this, which I'm not mad at because at least I can still go and listen to that other version. But I can respect that they didn't want to give us the same stuff we heard so this version is more produced than that bootleg version but you can hear everything and this shit is funky as hell Um, this was one of those kind of songs that I remember when Maserati came out and I was like they kind of they have some cuts on here and I always could figure out like how come they're not bigger or they didn't blow up and there might be a multitude of reasons for that but it can't be because of the music. Uh, and so even to hear Prince do this, I think these songs, his voice, that's how they're supposed to be. I don't know if he made this with them or mine or this is just one of his joints he just had in his back pocket, you know, in case he just had to slap that on somebody, slap him across the face with some funk. But this thing is banging to me, still banging. I, I, it felt so good. to put I put my phone in the car and it hooked up to my system and had this banging in the, in the car i was like ah man i've been waiting years for this so i love this song love it love it it sounds like prince it's jamming you know i like ah man this could have been like a a a time song with some of the stuff toned down a little bit but it's it's just one of them type of songs like this is banger man it's a a banger joint so i love it uh day drop
3: Yep, I agree with you one hundred percent, Mike. It, it this is this version here. I, I like the fact that this particular version is uh, you can hear the music a lot more on it. The different tones even the pimp pamp 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 prim, it almost echoes on it, and, it that that is so pronounced. And and it needs to be. That's that's that and the line are the driving sounds of this track. And um, you know, I, originally when when I well when I first heard. Maserati version, I thought it was okay, but for me, that version was always hindered by the fact that I had heard and had completely adored the old bootleg version of 100 miles per hour, which at the time would have been very, very high or very high generation, however you would say, uh, cassette copy. And it it just sounded horrible. But even that horrible sounding version in terms of quality was better than the Maserati one bringing that one down. Um, and, I, and as such, I always given that the Maserati version a six. Good song, but it doesn't hold a candle to that original bootleg that we all know. Then you get this, and um, with it, it's much more polished, but in a way that that brings out, like I said, the the parts of the songs that that I want to hear and that I feel should be more pronounced. I asked. Internally, I want this to sound like this and like that. And with this track, that's what I got. So I'm very pleased with this one. This one is a nine for me. Uh, it's, you know, I follow up makeup with, with 100 miles an hour. Whew, man, you're barely slowing down. You're barely slowing down going from that one track to this one. So this one is a nine. The uh, Maserati one's a six. Or the The Prince original one. Uh, original bootleg one's probably closer to an eight just because it's just funky. So yeah,
2: that's my scores on it. All right, Big Sexy. I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never heard the Maserati version of this song. I don't have their album. I'm not familiar with their catalog. This song, and I'm going to get mail on this, but I expected more. You know, I expected to be grabbed and in the manner like I was grabbed with Jungle Love or something like that. And this one maybe it'll grow on me, but this one just doesn't hit with me. Oh, interesting. Okay,
1: Captain okay, Honest, I dig that. I uh, was a Q Storm, <laughs> uh, wrong show. Uh, man, Anthony, and My bad. <laughs> and I'm all over I've been drinking on this. Uh, <laughs> the, the Bud Light Orange is starting to settle
0: in but quick mm-hmm. Bud Light come on man anyway uh, I've heard the the released Maserati version and I love the the production the instrumentation the music on there but the vocals was just kind of lacking to me. And I've heard the, uh, the I guess, they don't know, the demo or the unreleased bootleg version with Prince. And I'm like, damn, if they could just somehow combine forces and Voltron unite, that would be awesome. And they gave it to us. And somehow, in my opinion, I feel like the production is even better than what Mas- Maserati put out. I don't even know how. And, you know, he's singing it. He, he's He's... Prince's vocals on this one, I, I feel like this was supposed, this was going to be put on an album, and he somehow just ended up giving it to somebody else, because if to me, it feels that complete, that finished, that polished. And I, I, we said this when we reviewed the Plectrum Electro album. Mark, I think you remember I said, "You know, um, and Endorphin Machine would be my wrestler's my wrestling interest thing." <laughs> when I heard this, I was like, "You know what? I might have to take that back. I might have to come out to the ring to this song because that's how banging I think this song is. Nice,
1: nice. <clears throat> All right, yeah, that's 100 miles per hour.s Definitely got to add that to the playlist. Okay, uh, here's the next one. This is uh, "You're My Love." This song first drops. I, this is one. This is one I've never heard before. I knew, I mean, you know, the word was this was a Kenny Rogers. I have not went to go search out the Kenny Rogers version I just wanted to hear it for the first time as a Prince song and when it when I heard play on it I was like hmm (laughs) 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 I was like let me listen to this and it starts coming on I'm like okay And and then his vocal comes in you're the one I was like Whoa! What's going on here? I did not expect this. I ain't never heard this. I ain't never heard no mm-hmm. connection of it. I was, I, I was a little dumbfounded. I was like, wow, it, 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 the way he's singing this. I, so is my man trying to do like on some kind of low key Michael McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, love you, love. I, that was a little more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Break down, baby. Let me stop. It came from back in long ago. Yeah, I was like tripping. I was like, wow, I have this one. I'm, as uh, Ernie said earlier, I gotta take my time with this. Uh, yo, listen. Mm-hmm. I love this song now. But this is one of those Prince songs that you ain't. I'd be surprised if right off the gate you be like, "Yeah, yeah." I'd be like, whoa, I don't because this is this is out of left field. Like, I'm not you're not expecting this, and it goes goes back to the old school when Prince would drop them records back in the day, and a lot of the stuff you'd be feeling. But there'd be a couple of some whoa, what's this? What's the what's the kid doing, man? What's Prince doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then it hits you. As you start it's a grower like and i'm gonna let him speak on it but this is one of the jewels of the album okay this is one of those this is for the hardcore this is for y'all done had everything you ain't got this and we ain't never i mean again you might have heard the, the kenny rogers but this was a this was great to me i'm glad that they put this on there i love this track i to, went back and read up on this there's more to be heard on this. We need to hear. So apparently this song dates back from 82. But apparently there is a version that was recorded with an orchestra uh, in 86. Get the hell out of We here. need to hear that. Wow. <laughs> we need to hear that. As it says, uh, yeah, it says he, he must have pulled it back out of the vaults in 85. Did, some, did a mix on it in Sunset Sound. Then it says May 9th of 86, orchestra overdubs.
3: Now, do you think he kept the same vocal performance on
1: that '86 version? I wouldn't be surprised. See, that's the thing. I don't know what we're listening to. I have not seen the, the liner notes for this, and hopefully, the liner notes for this album have great information. I'm curious what version this is. Is this the old? Is this the '82, and then is mixed, or or did they pull those tracks? Out? I'm very curious. So I have no idea. Um, I do now want to go listen to the to the Kenny Rogers version. Because I did really not don't. know this, but really apparently, don't. nah, you really don't. <laughs> well, I was going the only thing I was gonna say because oh, the barge sings background vocals, and that what? Tri- trips me really? up. Yeah, so I'm like, it oh. had. My man had ale. Like <laughs> what? Like I could, I always. I always like man would love to hear either version, either one of these guys do one of their other songs. Like I, I remember. I'm gonna go for a second. I remember when uh, before Emancipation came out back in the AOL days in the chat rooms, the, the Paisley Park chats on the, the Sunday nights. You can argue and fight me if you think that was Prince or not, but I remember when Prince and them would get on the chat room and I remember they were asking us what songs should he do as covers? And I was like, yo, uh, do I like, <laughs> you know, I was throwing like, do some elder bars, dude. Like, it would be crazy if you if you're sang some of his songs. So the fact that I always got a kick to think of Elder Barge and Prince now my mind escapes me i know there is a prince song that Debarge did do on that one album i can't think of it right now uh mm-hmm. those would have been interesting if they put this on here as well and i know some people in the audience are going to put that in the comments but uh i just get a kick of Debarge and some prince stuff i just thought that would have been kind of cool but anyway i say all that to say is this song is very unique great i love to hear the history behind this um, but I'm going to go to Big Sexy Net.
2: To me, this is Prince getting out his songwriting chops. And production wise, this is Prince getting his Steely Dan Ambrosia 70s soft rock out. Because that's what it sounds like. Vocally, <clears throat> it's like Mike said, this is a whole new delivery for him. And, you know, he wrote this for Kenny Rogers, but I could see someone like oh Keith oh Keith Urban or what's the man's name, McGraw, taking this to the country realm and doing some damage. You know, this just shows his strength as a songwriter. And again, when you take away the visuals of Prince that we all know, I could see him doing this on like an old school variety show, ladies and gentlemen, song stylings with Prince, and sitting on a stool just belting this out. You know, with, with no heels, no, you know, lace, just belting it out. And again, that shows his versatility and strength as a songwriter. This is a great song. And it's a great production. I've never heard the Kennedy version, but if I'm a country artist right now, on the low, I got my people on the phone getting me this to get it out there
1: yeah and just to add uh the 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 elder bard song or the prince song that l did was called tip of my tongue and just to clarify it was claire fisher did you know did the orchestration of overdubs for this song so i don't know how they don't put that version (laughs) or or it's like a i don't listen they can have as many tracks on these releases as they want y'all can put that on there because they said it was a tribute to prince and revolution that original version. So we need to hear that. Uh, Brent, holler at me if you got a copy. I need to hear that. But uh, <laughs> Ampoo,
0: what are your thoughts on this song? Was somewhat a revelation. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard Prince sing in this deep of a vocal range. And at the same token, he's—it's it, like you can feel the emotion behind it his vocals and how he's performing it and i just like it's something totally different than what i've heard before on top of that this song was uh, a revelation period because i'm like i never knew there was a song like this and more so kenny Kenny rogers kenny the country singer kenny rogers uh did this song i just was like wow i can't so but overall uh I think it was like the third the third verse where he you started getting the old prince you know his uh his vocal range went higher and at the same time he started uh, doing that my love your love your love and I'm just like okay there we go there's prince there's prince <laughs> There. But I like the fact that he, here's a song and in in, that we haven't seen from him, and we, we didn't think that he put out. And it just again shows us how diverse he was when it came to creating music, when it came to his songwriting, and now more so to how he even sings a song. So yeah, this is definitely one of the highlight tracks on this album. And I don't I don't know if the uh, the Princess State is listening. Um, there's hints that they definitely are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, more of that. Show us, I understand you got, it's a business, you got to make your money, but for the hardcores who were buying up anything y'all put out, like me, put some, put more of this out.
1: I can dig it. I can dig it.
3: Day drop. Yeah, I got, I got to agree with what Ampu said on that. Uh, this, this track and tracks like this are required to be released because, it just shows you just the versatility of this guy and what he was able to do i don't i don't believe there's any other track released now that has this this kind of delivery on it uh it's very 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 unique in that way and um when i first heard it um i it's a challenging track which is in and of itself a great thing again another reason why I like this album. This album challenges you as well, and uh, like like you were saying, Mike, back in the day, you know, we, when around the world, around the world when Day came out, everybody was challenged, and it separated everybody. Uh, this is the type of track that would separate a lot of folks as well, and I, that's a challenging thing. I like that because when I first heard this, if 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 I if you if I start playing this for the very first time, and what four minutes and four and a half minutes later. You ask me how the tr- what to score the track, I give, that, I give it a six. I'm like, no, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. But you know, I, I, that would have been bad of me because it's there's a lot going on here. His delivery's nice. The music's nice. Way better than the version that uh, Kenny Rogers, uh, uh, you know, ultimately released. Uh, he really changed up a lot of stuff on it. That was almost like two completely different songs, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like his version. I don't. I won't score his because I don't really don't care for his version of it at all. So it'd be unfair to score that. Uh, and it and it is quite different. If you go and hear his version, you'll see what I mean. It, it's just it's it almost is a completely different type of song. Um, I've heard Kenny Rogers' version before, you know, way back when I was little, but. I didn't know, of course, I had no idea that Prince had wrote it or anything like that. This track, though, it's a grower of a track. So, again, upon first listen, it's a six. It's climbed its way up to being an eight. It's an eight plus now because of that little tidbit of finding out that L was involved in this because I didn't know that. So that just makes it even more more wild. You know, it's an eight and counting. Next week it'll probably be a nine. This is the gem of this uh, release, or one of them anyhow. Um, And it's not one to be overlooked. For anybody first listening to this, if they have not listened, if they hear this review and they haven't heard this album yet, don't be silly and think that this particular track is a throwaway track and that it's not good. It is good. You gotta be able to to allow yourself to be challenged by this and take it in, hear it a couple of times, and you're going to recognize the greatness of the track.
1: All right. Yes, I co-signed. Everything's set. All right, we're going to move on. Man, this is, we, we were at seven songs deep, and whew, head busters. Yeah. All right. Uh, number eight is Holly Rock.
3: Holly
2: Rock.
1: <laughs> Real quick, I'm going to keep mine brief. This song came out originally uh, back when the movie Crush Groove came out. Boy, what was that? When did Crush Groove come out? That was like in
3: eighty-five.
1: Eighty-five. God, I remember uh, opening day. That the, when the movie came out, we saw that movie and saw it three times in a row. Uh, that's how deep we was into Crush Groove. Like we just sat in the seats and did not get out and just sat for three showings. But anyway. Uh, this song is on the soundtrack and featured in the movie performed by Sheila E. It was cool back in the day. You know, uh, I mean, I had the album. And oh, yeah, Sheila, they got Sheila on here. That's cool. But this right here? Banger. Certified head buster. Prince destroys this track. This is, I didn't think it was going to be about nothing. I was like, oh, I've heard this song before. That's cool. Blew away my expectations. Funky as all hell. The sound quality is excellent. Prince is on fire on this song. Um, listening to it again this morning, i have listened to it off, off the headphones but just to the speakers. I, I, I question this song as well in terms of the mixing. There are things he starts to say later in the song. I don't know if they are like other little raps. You can barely hear him start to say them and then it fades him out and I'm curious. I don't know if they're t- pulling him back in the mix, or if he's recording this sort of a live type of a atmosphere, and he's just walking away from the microphone. It's very interesting. And I don't know if you guys heard these either, but if you actually listen closely to the song, you can hear him one giving directions. I don't know if if this is a band performance or it's him doing these parts. You can hear him talking and stuff, and they kind of pull it back. But you can also hear him kind of doing these other little rap sort of things he's about to go into or, you know, the way he's kind of doing on the song and they're pulling it back. And again, I'm curious what is really going on with this song in terms of what they had to work with. But this is classic Prince to me. The way it ends is that this is that Prince. I love uh, this era here, uh, the way he be talking, the shit talking. And I love how it ends. Let's see him dance to that. Like Y'all, y'all not ready for what, <laughs> what I I love that yeah. prince, man. So this is uh and I, I was surprised I enjoyed this as much. This this is fire, man.
0: Ooh. Um ooh, Aunt poo. Yeah, when I remember this from Crush Groove, of course. Uh I for some reason I had no idea Prince had anything to do with this. I really believe Run DMC uh put this together with chi Lee. And you know at the, the time cuz you know I was new to the whole to rap I thought yeah okay this is dope yeah it's alright cuz you know I wasn't seeing much of this over the years when I would hear this I I would just be like yeah I'm over it but hearing this here this gave me sexy mf vibes it was a jam this felt like a jam session and he was just messing around with lyrics and he found stuff to put to, to get a song out of here, but you're really and this is and I'm not trying to discredit this, the the songwriter whatsoever. You're really turning this on to hear Prince and whoever's in that studio with him jam the hell out, and he delivers. I think it's what eight, uh, what is it, six minutes, and it's to me it's not long enough. Uh, yeah, we get Prince vocals on this, but I think. Ultimately, what we're getting here is just a whole new version of of this song that I'm I'm enjoying a lot. Right? Yes. Yes.
1: Day dropping. Oh, no day
2: dropping. (laughs) He dropped out. Uh, Big sexy. Just like Ann said, this to me sounds like a band deal because near the end you hear Prince pull one of his instruments everybody stop on the one. (laughs) Uh, And they stop. I could hear Eddie M. Saxophone. uh, And to me, it's like Ann said, this is one of these songs that could have been done in concert forever. Could have been one of those songs at the end of the show, like a second encore, you just let the band just run. And you can like insert other little pieces in this and then get back to this groove. And as far as the rap portion that you mentioned, according to the Dwayne Toodal book, that was taken from Feline, actually, Mm -hmm. and inserted into this. Uh, I don't know if this was the beginning of that transition, but just sticking it to this performance, 638, not long enough. The band was on fire. Now, other than Eddie M, and I'm just guessing that's him by the tone of his sax. Whoever else was in there that day, they brought their A-game. Because you know how Prince was in the studio. You can't keep up. You got to go. And this was a jammer. This this is a vibe I wanted off 100 miles, which I didn't get. But I'm getting it here. I love this.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Now, Day Dropping, are you back with us? We have some technical technical difficulties. Uh, He Uh seems to be in the room. He might have had to mute or something. Hopefully, he's okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to keep moving. Uh, man, the, the greatness continues. Next up is uh, Baby, You're a Trip. This uh, originally was on the Jill Jones Paisley Park album. Uh, listen, when this, after you listen to uh, uh, Holly, Rock, Holly Rock, and then it goes into this, and when it kicks in, I was just like, ah, oh, shit. do,
3: do. do.
1: I was like, oh man, he going to church and all kind of stuff. <laughs> this, oh, there he is. day dropping you back. Yeah. All right. Well, let me let you speak on the uh, Holly Rock before we continue.
3: Oh, it it'll be quick. Eh? It was a, it was going to be a quick one anyhow. I, basically, everything you guys have said. I mean, there, there's not much more to, add to it. It's a crazy track. I too wish it was a lot longer. I'm glad that it's the the longest track on on this whole album. But um, you know, uh, the original, I thought it was funky and fun the original is a seven prince's version it's a 10 this is wild this is this is prince if he isn't doing it live he knows how to fake doing it live because this is just funky shit right here it's good stuff all right there you go go ahead
1: oh, okay well let's let's go uh so baby baby your trip uh day dropping go ahead and speak your piece on this one as well please <laughs>
3: Okay, so Baby or Trip, you know, I I like Jill Jones' version of it. Um, Her her deliveries are good. It almost sounds, she is like the female prince singing this version here. It's so, it's almost identical, but he's got an extra flair to it. You kind of started up on it, you know, uh, has very strong gospel feel to it. And um, I've always liked this track. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's it's pretty much the bootleg track that we've heard, right?
1: I believe so, yeah. Just a better
3: quality. Yeah, it's just much, much better quality than what we've uh, heard, you know, recent. Well, I mean, you know, at least maybe two, three times better than what we've heard last of this. Um, and that only makes it better. Um, I, I like the song. I think it, it flows. It's a great, it's another good song to listen to, like on a rainy day or when things are calm. And um, it's, it's very much a mood type of song and you know i like that it, you know prince was on something when he when he did this one man he was channeling his inner church with this one and and um and i like that it works i'm not i haven't always been the biggest fan of church style music from prince but with this one here i'm 100 behind it uh baby you're a trip by Jill jones a seven uh the prince version Solidate.
1: All right. All right. That was good. Let me just jump in with mine real quick. Um, I heard this song many times before. Of course, I'm a big fan of the Joe Jones album. And great hearing this. This, I, I just feels like this is a more like stripped down, probably the originals version of this. And I love Prince's performance, but I also really love Jill on the backgrounds. Um, there's a certain part where the Jill G- is doing like the harmony sort of stuff on it and the toward the end, um, like the baby yo a trip. Uh, it just sounds so good. Like this is just a great record to me. I, I love this style. and I, I appreciate it, that. It was placed on Jill's album. Again, it's just one of those types of things where it's just like, man, he has burners. Like he was, he wasn't just giving out like trash or throwaways It's not throwaway song. You know, it's like, this is a dope ass song. Like, I could actually see Prince doing this song in the later years, like live or something like this. To me, it just, it sounds like a a, a more mature Prince as we, you know, I could hear him doing this, you know, even just years ago. This would have been a great live type of song. Um, It just really works. And this is another great performance. I love it. Uh, Big Sexy. You
2: know, you know, not too. uh, to floss too much, but last week I heard Jill sing this song live, Ooh. Mm. and she did not miss a step. The voice is still there, and the eyes are still there. You look her in your in the eyes, you're lost. But enough about last week. <laughs> this is like the second or the other side of the same coin. If Jill's version is one side, this is the other. They're both equally great and yet different. You know, I I love them both. Prince went to work on this thing, and it was like, I don't know if this was the guide vocal, I don't know how this one came about, but it was almost like a game of top this. You know, maybe Prince laid it out and said, look, I want it done like this. And she's like, okay. And then she did her thing. And he's like, okay, well, let me try this again. And both are amazing. This one is a little more stripped down than hers. And I prefer that because it captures that vibe, that mood, like you said, the emotion of it. And I love this. Love it. This is another masterpiece here. And again, maybe this one he could have held back too. you know, a little B-side action on maybe Sign of the Times. Who knows? Who knows? But this was a great song.
3: Right. I, I feel, right, I feel it on the side of the times thing because his falsetto his falsetto is pretty much on point with pretty close to on point with the door mm-hmm. especially towards the end yeah I, yeah because it, it, it can work on multiple
1: levels on different projects but it's just this is a great song man gosh um and ampu i'm sorry did you you spoke on this one right i think no
0: oh, yeah, exactly. um I remember listening before I, I got introduced to Mr. Michael Dean, I remember you listening listening to one of your shows and you talked about how Prince gave Jill Jones a banger of an album. And I went and listened to it. I loved Mia Boca and that was kind of about it. Uh, Violet Blue? Oh. I, I I know, I know. Clearly I have some more maturing to do. <laughs> Cause <laughs> the fact that I, I feel a little misogynistic as well as some maturing, because the fact that a man had to sing this song, and yes, that man is Prince. It is his song, and Prince has, in my opinion, one of the best vocals ever. For me to go back and hear Jill Jones' version and be like, God damn. I'm like, how did I say, nah, nah, I'm just going to keep listening to Mia Boca when this song existed there. Jill, and I'll get back to the Prince, but... Credit to Jill Jones, because it is hard, in my opinion, to take a Prince written produced track and sing your ass off on it and make it yours, especially when uh, what, 22 years later, after his untimely death, they put out his original version of it. And I can I can without any question say, you know what, these are even and that's no shade or no slight to either one of them. Now, the one thing I will say where Prince might pull ahead just a tad bit is between the first chorus into the second verse. On Jill Jones, there's a horn. She she hits a high note and levels off and then there's a horn and then it picks back up into Jill singing again. On Prince's version, (laughs) he sings it, hits the high note, holds it, then goes right into the song. And I'm like, that's a bad motherfucker right there. So, yeah, this is unquestionably... If there's no, I'm, well, I can't say that, but you must not skip this song on this track. You have to listen to it. I agree. agree. I
1: agree. Okay. Excuse me. All right, the next track is another classic song. Uh, Prince fan or not, you've heard the song, The Glamorous Life. Sheila, Sheila E.'s signature song. Uh, I, th- I love that this is on here because, again, it's one of those songs that everybody has probably heard in some capacity and i think is a great example uh like uh, ampu's ampu but uh day dropping said earlier about sort of the education part of this album where you might be talking oh i I know you like prince and stuff but what's so great about prince oh well have you heard glamorous like oh yeah yeah. check this out boom (laughs) you know (laughs) head blowing what yeah, he wrote so it's one thing to tell somebody he wrote that song, but it's another when you can actually you have receipts. They could have called this album receipts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, why is Prince great? <laughs> receipts. Here's the receipts. But uh, for him to so the point to play this again is such a, a song that people know and like and it doesn't sound weird. It's like, yo, this is legit this is this is just as jamming this what we, when Prince is singing this? Yeah, he wrote he wrote oh Oh shit, okay. He's a bad man. Watch your mouth. Don't no, talk about breath. No. So, yeah, man, it's just an example of this guy was a freaking genius, man. He had hits on deck and he had so many where he could give them to the next person and make your career off of it. Like, this is what yo, this is what you're going to be known for. You know what I'm saying? This is your this is your thing. most when you think of this song, you think of Shali. But now we have the OG to show like, yo, this yeah. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> he goes, oh, you need that? Yeah, let me let him ha- let her have that. And the cold part about it, and this is the story that I would love to hear. I know some they they've been doing press, but I would love to hear like Apollonia and them like because yo, this was supposed to be awesome song for a second. <laughs> like, how does it feel like seeing all these bangers going to other people and stuff? It's just very interesting. But uh, yeah, the glamorous life, the kid did that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and he did that. So, uh, Big Sexy, I'm going to start with you.
2: You know, <clears throat> this is one of those songs that when you heard it, you knew immediately it was a hit. Immediately. I didn't know this was his back in the day. I just had heard it and seen the video. I knew about Sheila because, you know, she's a barrier person, as am I, so I knew all about her. I didn't know she was going to step out front. And take the lead on something for once, because she had been playing in so many different, you know, groups as a session player or a background player. She stepped out front and turned it on fire. Uh, this was written back in '83, and it was written, according to uh, you know, again the Dwayne Toodal book. Warner's didn't know what Prince was doing, so he didn't want them to know what he was doing. <clears throat> Most of Purple Rain had already been shot. But he still wanted. He just had more music coming out of him, and he he gave her this, and she is still eating well today off of this. I saw her play here a couple years ago, and it's just one of those songs. Whenever it gets played, shuts it down, shuts it down, and again, he gave it away. Gave it away.
1: Yeah, man. Great
2: song, and he gave it away. I. The the generosity is amazing with this cat. It really is.
1: Yes, and and again, in a in, a quantum, <clears throat> in the quantum realm, one of those are multiple timelines, they somehow uh, the synergy was. Let's slip in uh, Sheila as one of the other performers at First Avenue, and she does this <laughs> song. You know, like, just imagine. There you like, go. I mean, even even though it was separated from Purple Rain, it still came out around that same time and still did what it did. But only imagine, like. If they would have somehow she would have been one of the other they, yeah, in that quantum realm, they bumped Dez and that brief that brief <laughs> scene, it was like, Who's that, that oh that she left here? Pim pam boom pam. No for modern air. Yep. Yeah. they like, What?
3: Well, they never released this, so why not? <laughs> I know. But anyway, um uh daydrop. Yeah, um, you know, songs like The Glamorous Life, uh, Sugar Walls. I feel for you all tracks that I fell in love with as a kid had no idea that Prince sang them, and they were only elevated once I found out way later that he wrote those songs and further elevated to find out that he recorded those songs beforehand and then gave them to the artist for them to work off of and um you know it's wild right now. I feel for you isn't so much in that same vein because he did release that one, but you get the idea is that there, these are tracks that I had no idea, like, 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 uh, because like he said, I had no idea he had written this. I had no idea he had recorded this. So to hear this version of it, and I know we've already, chances are, chances are, we've already heard this one already, but I mean, to hear it here now, it belongs in this, in this uh, collection. And it's a great, great song. It's on par with the original, which is a classic. It is required listening if you like that Minneapolis sound from the 80s. Um, It's required to fall in love with this track and dig it the way anybody would. And um, for me, on this one and the scoring on it, it is a dead tie at a nine for both. And the reason why it's a tie at a nine, because one has one thing, the other one doesn't. For me, Prince's version... um, like with uh, i think what was a was it manic no not my, like with uh sex shooter prince's version i can understand the lyrics a hell of a lot better. i'm like oh is that what is she saying you know i i, I just kind of mumbled the version the the song when you know when i do my guide over it when sheila's singing it but with prince i can i can actually hear the lyrics and i can make them out and i know what he's saying and it makes sense the lyrics make sense now so on that aspect he's got her beat However, she got him on the musical part because she got that cool percussion going on, the Shelly percussion, and that is a driving force in that original track, and I feel that that's lacking in this one. I, I expect to hear it, and I think it needs it because it's got to it's have that little bit of Latin flavor to it and and uh, because it just gives it that extra that extra beat that, that extra drive um, so they're, they're on par because of that they, they best each other in that way and I think that's awesome so again both of them nines no problem with giving it a nine to both
1: word and just as you was talking I just had another quantum realm thought <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> what if and actually well there's two two things one the quantum realm version of Purple Rain you wouldn't have had Morris Day in the movie You'd have Sheila. E. play Boris Day character.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, she
1: would have been the female version of him, and it would have. They would have both. See, this would have been the 2019.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, Sheila's Sheila's supposed to be going out to Apollonia? But well, that's that like. actually might work in
1: 2019. Apollonia is so bad, men and women want her, and <laughs> and, and Sheila is she's. Uh, if you and I was gonna say, I wouldn't be surprised if his intention, in some ways, was to position her to be a Morris Day like character. Listen yeah. to what she's talking about, right? And her visual on the album stuff—she's like, she's
0: balling, you know. Mike, she's, Mike, stop, stop it, stop it. No, I mean, look at it. she's got the. No, fur no, I'm, coat. no, I'm saying stop it because. Maybe the wrong person from Warner may hear this and Uh they go like, "We got an idea for a remake of Purple Rain. We get Bruno as Prince, Uh, Rihanna as Apollonia, and we get Lady Gaga (laughs) as playing Morris, and they both gonna be going after Rihanna's (laughs) Apollonia."
2: Nah, I ain't going (laughs) after. That's a little too far.
1: But I'm saying that you could see, I could easily see like it would have been Sheila was you know playing the Morris style, and they both were trying to get the girl, but that's a fantasy but more reality looking at listen to the song and just looking at the visuals the covers and stuff I wonder was he positioning like the original intention of Sheila E is that she actually is like a Morris Day type of character persona but a female version of that because she's like high class same way with Morris she's very boastful her album is essentially made up of the jams there's a couple of slow songs but most of them are you know the six songs, sort of thing. I was kind of, I never picked up on this before, but just looking at it now, I'm thinking, I wonder if he would be, you know what? You know, Morrison, I acting right. Boy, I'll replace you with a, with, a, with a lady to do the same shit and give her the cuts. You know, I don't know. Her, it seems like her visual presentation to us shifts on the second album. She's not more so this. You know the what you call, you know the lady the bad she would, see now she the baddest bitch you know she's like the this bad chick that she's flossed out now she was on some more regal fantasy prince type clothing and 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 presentation to us but I'm just saying if you look at that original way he has her presented on that first album I think you could argue that she was almost like the female Morris
3: Mhm. Toy uh, box is an example of that. Yeah.
2: But anyway, well, if you remember the show or the tour, Purple Rain tour. You know she opened up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there was a section where they did the, the slow song, the "Wipe the lipstick off your collar." She had the fur coat on, yeah. coat on, and all that. Yeah, so yeah, you could say that. Bring the dude up on stage. Yeah, bring home. Same thing when Morris yeah.
1: did on Jigalos from their live performance when yeah. the time was open. But uh, anyway. That means, um, you're a fool for the remake with the, but <laughs> I'm pro- just saying, I They probably could do, do it. it They probably would do it um, But anyway Pooh, What do you think of Glamour Slur? Uh,
0: for me This is For me Sheila E I like her vocals Better Than Prince on this song um, But That being said Y'all probably gonna look at me With uh, I like the sparseness Of the music here uh, and, and I know Sheila does her things with the percussions, no denying, but for some reason I like the the, the lack of it being here, And but Prince, what he, what he does here is, he, again, he, I don't feel the the strong emotions to it, I don't feel the passion behind it that I sensed with Sheila E when she performed this song, And more, but up until the end when he starts letting loose with the falsetto. So I, I, I like hearing it as a change of pace from the Sheila E version, but just Sheila's vocals are, are does it better for me and I have to echo um, Ernie's uh, sentiment because yeah, when I she, was Sheila's version, I I, I understand maybe every other word, <laughs> I just knew mm-hmm. I was jamming to Glamorous Life when the uh, the chorus came but oh, the other thing is you, I think uh, Mike might have said it, or maybe it was Ernie he said, man, the generosity of Prince to give these songs to these people I'm like, Psh. Prince got paid off this ain't no
2: generosity <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. No, this is true. Prince does retain the publishing. Oh yeah. You know, and the songwriting credit, but still. You know, people it. are Smart eating dude. well off this, off that album. Yeah.
1: Smart man. Okay, here we go. Uh, as I said earlier, there was a couple songs that I had to hear first when I got this album, and this was the first song. I was like, <laughs> skip everything, and we're gonna start at what numbers is. This? Uh, 11 11. Love, 11. Love. I'm, I gotta hear this first because anybody knows me, I'm a major time fan. That second time album is one of my favorite albums of all time. This is one of my banger songs. I was like, okay, don't play around, Prince. You know, you can't play around with this one now. And so, and it comes on, it was that same fight I had. I'm so when I sing the song, when I hear the song, it is that Morris version. Yeah. And and it's a beautiful and he nails it and still nails it. So when I hear this, I was like, okay. Uh you know, my mind's, ah, ah, eh. you are know, playing around with the vocals. We, nigga stop playing, you know, you kinda <laughs> playing around a little bit. <laughs> but but as I've been listening to this, I again, I put it in the same mind as like I assume this is made for Morse. Right. This wasn't something he was like, with no way he was going to do this. So I feel like he's singing it in that same Jamie star ish type of way. He did like jungle up. And even still he's after I've listened to it for a few more times in a couple of days, I was like, man, he's, he's doing this thing. This, this song is still badass as a motherfucker. Like it's, no, you can't front on this. And I love Prince's version as much. Now, I will say this. Morris's version is the more polished performance as it should be because he has a template of what he's supposed to be doing. And in Morris's version, there are more uh, inflections, if that's the right word, of the background vocals. And there's more stuff that Morris does than what Prince's does. Uh, I don't. And this particular song, I don't think Prince had any inclination that he was going to release this with his vocals like that, because I think the stuff that he would have went back and added is what they did with Morris's versions. And I also say, again, I would love to hear the story about how this song or this song was mixed for this release, because I'm curious, are they dealing with the actual tracks of the song and are they pulling back? certain things because there's toward the end of the song you can hear morris's part sort of bleeding through and prince isn't singing on those parts and i don't know why you can do that i i'm curious were they like I, it's actually it doesn't make sense to me is that just the recording that they had and it maybe was this a two-track recording so they couldn't do any mixing on it and you just had to play what they put out what they had but i don't again you can hear Morris. I assume that's Morris on some of the background parts later in the song that he sings over that you don't hear on this, but there's even a couple parts where you can barely hear Morris start to come in and sing the part and then it all of a sudden pulls back, um, which is just, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking because I know the song very well, but I'm just curious with the history or what's the story behind, what did it take to bring this stuff to 2019? Would it explain the interesting mixes that some of these songs have and on a song like this in particular that i'm very much aware of i would just be very curious but love this 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 music was banging before it's banging now this is to me a classic prince song like i know a lot of players everybody man this is it's an easy money y'all this is so cold this is prince at his coldest like any 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 generation of uh, a real cats who listen to this and like, yeah, yeah, this is the cut. Playboy put that back on. It just don't and this is he was just so in a pocket, I could go on and on, but this is my favorite off the album. Mm-hmm. I I play this. I'll play this to the day I die. Love it. Uh and
0: Now for me, I know I, I know I said with Jungle Love that Morris gave a better vocal performance. Here, uh, once again, I gotta speak ill of the dead. God damn it, Prince, why did you give this away? Now, there's no disrespect to Morris in the time because uh, when I first, I believe I first heard this in the late 90s, maybe 98, 99 off of uh, LimeWire. And I was like, God damn, this is cold. And I've heard the sample, because you know, big hip hop had uh, KD, he did his chicken skin lonely lonely too as well. Uh, he was rapping most of the the lyrics and that that chorus and that beat. I'm like, yeah. And I've heard the the sample that dun, dun, dun. I think there was a, a song called Stuck in the Game. That's probably more of a West Coast uh, um rap song that people probably don't know. But when I heard this, I was like, God damn. And at the same point, I, I when I first heard when I heard it the first time, I was like, damn, Morris, he actually got some decent vocals. I didn't think he could do a ballad, and damn, he's he's doing good. But for me, when I when I heard this and I went into it like, nah, Prince is not gonna do this one the justice. because cause I heard I, I I listened to Jungle Love first, and I was a little disappointed with that. Y- y'all heard what I had to say about this. So when I got to this song, I was like, yeah, Prince ain't gonna do it. Man, he he Loki takes this song back, in my opinion. The way that he's his infle- vocal inflection, the way he's singing it, the the his swag is oozing. Christopher Tracy is on this track right here, and I'm just like, I've I've listened, I've talked to a couple other people. They say the same thing. Like uh, Morris can't sing that song no more. So <laughs> that's, that's how much people are digging this version because it's it's just it's just a I know people are going to hear The Jungle Love and just like, wow, this is their first look into this whole other side of Prince. Nah, this one here. And I what I say is you got to listen to it. And it's perfect.
1: All right. I'm sitting here jamming out. Why are you talking to us? This? This it's crazy. Um, Big Sexy.
2: You know, I got to gear up the title again because I was just listening to this myself <laughs> on my desktop and i noticed the drums are nice and deep the guitars are a little louder the synth is lower but you know whatever the vocal performance is perfect you know i i jeez i don't know where to go with this man you know this song came out in 82 originally and this one just updated it and Took it out of the time lexicon and put it right back in Princess. Just like he did when he did cool on that one concert clip. Same thing happened here. You know, this this belongs to me, gentlemen. I'll I'll be taking it back. Thank you. And he did everything great about it. He sings where he needs to sing. He doesn't ad lib too much. There's a lot of instrumental breaks that I like. And you get to hear the drums, you get to hear the guitar. I this is this is a keeper. This is this is a keeper
1: yeah the only thing i wish they could do i'm nitpicking a little bit i just wish they let it play a little longer i know there's exactly. more going on after this i i i had the suspicion that the version at the time back in the day when they did it live and they did that breakdown part i bet you that's the way that i bet you that was in the actual song like the and that whole guitar part You want to get lonely? I I bet you that's the way the original song is required. I I wish they could have just gone ahead and let us hear what's going on after the fade. But maybe uh, another day they'll do that. Uh, Day drop and take us home on this.
3: Yeah, it'll be short and sweet. I mean, um, the original, it's a classic song. You can't, you would think you can't touch the original. uh, And I scored that one a nine. But apparently you can if you're Prince. And he did. And I think it sounds more authentic when he sings it. Um, It's great when Morris sings it. I like it better when Prince sings it. I give this one a 10. It's easy on the ears. And it's just an extremely satisfying song. Probably my favorite track of the entire album. Depending on the mood of the day, it's either number one or number two. Um, and it's, it. this is a 10. This is a beautiful song. Well done. It's it just somber when it needs to be. Um, and you know, pimp when it needs to be too. And, um, you know, I like it. I got nothing more to add to it. You guys pretty much nailed it on there. It's it, It's just a classic song. Now this is a classic song now.
1: All right, we have uh, the next song here is interesting for a couple of different reasons. One, first of all, the first th- song, the song is Love That Will Be Done. This uh, came out on the Martika's Kitchen album, which I actually have here. I bought this like maybe a couple years ago off of Amazon for like three bucks. So actually I never owned the album. Um, I love the song Martika's Kitchen. But this song was on that album. This is dates back from like 91. Um, one thing I didn't know, I was just looking here on Prince Vault. This one... he actually re-recorded the song in 94 which I don't know if I actually heard that version I can't think about it but um, the other interesting part about it is according to the press releases or the the interviews about the song this was the one song that Jay Z insisted be included uh, on this release um, which I find fascinating (laughs) and I will say this I want everyone listen close to all of these so called prince fans out here uh who may not have heard of this song very well when you fix your mouth to say well what is jay-z he don't know no prince remind yourself jay-z <laughs> fought for this song
3: It'll be included <laughs> on the
1: project so think about that yeah <laughs> You gotta think about that. This ain't some. This ain't the song everybody knows, or this definitely ain't no mainstream song. So I find it very interesting that Jay Z of all people, this was the one he fought for. Because you could have, oh, of course, he would have fought to have some of the old eighty or something, but he went for this. So I tip my hat to Jay over that. That's very interesting to me. With that said, I this song is no different, and at least far as I can see, than what I've heard of this song been on bootleg for many years but I respect that they put it on here uh I've always had I've always liked this song uh it was an interesting I think when I first heard this song probably was in uh 2000 late 90s it was on some bootleg or something uh, and I wasn't aware of the Martika thing at the time but uh this is a cool cool song I question somewhat actually if it fits on this collection but you know, I'm not mad that it's here. Uh, we'll go to Daydrop.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I remember hearing this song, the Prince version of it, a long time ago. I think the only real difference on this one is it's a little bit clearer, a little bit cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been a lot of good versions of the Prince. This Prince version out for some time now. Um, <clears throat> comparing to the version from Martika. Um, her her version is is good the only thing the only critique i have on her version is that it just goes on for way too long if you hear the full version of it and and where it originally fades out you could end the song right there but then it just keeps coming back with with the synth and fading out and coming back and fading out it gets kind of monotonous um this one doesn't have that luckily but um his his vocal performance on this one again also sounds again more Legit to me, more sincere um, than Martico's version. That said, he himself said that he, when you first heard her perform it, um, when you heard her record it, he he shed a tear to it. So you know that tells you what he thought of of her recording as well. And and it's beautiful. Her recording is beautiful. Uh, I like his too. I think the the inclusion of this one here, it's a good inclusion. I I think it, it. fits in here because he did originally do it. It just sounds so similar to the one that got released that it, that it seems like almost seems like it doesn't belong, but um, that just, I think that just goes to show just how well produced this track was to begin with. It didn't need very much. It didn't need much more. It just required the right voice for it. And um, Martika fit that, that voice. Uh, I remember hearing her version when, when it came out, I think I, was a, I may have been a freshman in 87 when I first heard it. Uh, MTV was playing it a lot late night, and um, you know I would hear it a lot then. But um, his version is one that, that I've always liked. I've always liked the song. I always thought uh, the way, again, like I said, it's, it's just very um, soulful when he sings it. Um, when she sings it, it's like she's trying to almost show off that she's got the chops. Prince don't even have to show it off. It's just like natural, comes on natural for him when he sings this type of a song. And uh, again, that's just more to his genius. And, um, you know, I, I have them on par. Again, this is another tie. I I like her version. I knew this is one of the few songs that I knew was a Prince song when I heard the the remake of it. So I knew that this was a Prince song when, Marti, when I heard Martiko's version of it. And I liked that, that, she did a good job with it so for me they're both equal in score they're both beautiful songs they're both soulful songs versions of it and um they're both nines all right just quick uh
1: add there's apparently I guess when they re-recorded this song it was recorded with Sunny T on the vocals and for possibly going on the Exodus album so I'd love to have heard that. <laughs> it oh, was gonna be a completest. If there was shit. a completest yeah. version of this original, <laughs> so just like put everything on it, you gotta add that, and then just to tie it in, because I'm a big fan of this guy, uh, Rashawn Patterson, great vocalist. Uh, he is featured on this album as well, the Martika one. He's in the video from Martika's Kitchen, but also one of the other songs that Prince did for that album, uh, "Don't Say You Love Me." which I think is a great sort of Nick Newjack type that's swing. Type yeah, it's a good song. But Rashawn Patterson sings on that, which was a cool connection. I always wanted to see them work together.
2: But anyway, there you go. Uh, Big Sexy. I, <clears throat> I wasn't familiar with the Martika version. I knew she had done it, but I wasn't familiar with it until very recently. And his has a little more vibe to it. Like still will stand all time with the uh, the chorus you know, a little bit of that gospel vibe to it but the vocal the lead vocal magnificent I can only imagine Sonny Cuss all through this song now if he did it <laughs> calling, calling people all kinds of well never mind but <clears throat> again I'm glad and it shows a lot about Jay Z's knowledge of Prince so people like you said Mike need to step off. You know, Jay-Z said, look, this needs to be on here. And it does. And I'm glad he put it on here because it's one of the songs that he gave away to somebody that didn't blow up like Glamorous Life or Jungle Love. But it's still a great song that just shows, you know, a lot of people were slipping on Martika because they didn't get it. Now, I, we're talking about her. I can't think of her big single off the top of my head. Did she have one? I don't know. Well, I know the name. but I don't know why I know the name
1: maybe I, I i can only think of Martika's kitchen that was the only one i remember
2: yeah because i can't think of it
1: i remember tony you know, was in that video
2: <laughs> really yeah yeah oh, yeah. oh lord mm-hmm. uh but this is another great song and again like you said earlier mike should have called this receipts not originals oh printed <laughs> and all that here you go <laughs> hilarious <laughs> and poop yeah,
0: I've heard this. I've heard about this song, and I know I've heard about Martika, but I have n- never heard the song before. And this is another revelation to me. Um, I love the way that he's singing this. the uh, The music is giving me vibes of not only um, "One of Us," the the remake that he did for uh, the uh, "If God Was One of Us." I think he did that for was it Emancipation or Raven Two? Emancipation. Emancipation, and and, and it's giving me uh, I wish you heaven vibes as well. That that uh the, the booming and the, uh, the the I think it's the high the, the kick drum. So that right there, I'm already into the song. But just his vocals, I I, I went back and I listened to uh, Martika's version. Her seemed pretty sad. Whereas the way Prince is singing it, it's more upbeat and hopeful. So for me right there, I think that that's definitely a, a plus over the original. But yeah, um, hearing this, I'm mad that I slept on this because it's a really beautiful song and Prince's vocals on this definitely elevates it to I will be listening to it more. All right. Up next is another
1: Sheila E track, Dear Michelangelo. And, and I'm curious about... I wonder, because um, there's, yeah, there's, what, three or four Sheila E songs on this release? And they're all from this, well, except for Glamorous Life, very similar in time, period. I'm curious of the songs that they didn't pick for this. I wish that we could see, like, here's all of the choices that we had and why they went with some of these. Because it's a lot of Sheila E here, which I'm not mad at. But I'm just very curious um, how they decided even if they had all these other songs you know what, let's put another sheila e song on here which i'm not mad at but uh just very curious how they came to the conclusions of some of these picks uh dear michelangelo i will actually say i actually like Sheila's vocal sound better on this but i love this song this actually i think this actually leaked out like a year or so ago terrible quality but i always but when i heard it and it was slightly different than her release version. I was like, God, I can now I can understand this song a little better and I can hear, I said, this, this sounds totally like Prince to me now, uh, oh, even more so. This reminds me really uh, sonically of uh, Around the World in a Day album. It's a production of it. But uh, I think this is a cool song I love, hearing his guitar in this. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, it's not as different from that, but I just think I love the clarity of this, another great, you know, version of Prince doing this song. So I I love it. Uh and Pooh.
0: And All right. We have technical uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Not okay, click on the mute button. Um I, I get he when he did this song with Sheila and Sheila brings to the table her drumming and her percussion. And it definitely adds to the song, but Man, hearing this song with it stripped down a tad bit without the percussion and that guitar in there, it for me, it elevates the song. And of course, you know, Prince's vocals, it, it, it's what he's doing with a lot of these songs. It's just really transforming from what the, the release versions are. And I, I love this. If there's one complaint I would have with this, and maybe it might be on... The, the, the finished CD version, but I really wish they had had some audio commentary to these songs. Maybe having some of the producers, maybe even some of the people who, who sang sang the song or some of the people that contributed to it, you know, just to really talk about, you know, make give us some insight of where he was going with this track before he ended up in the hands of the artist that put it out. Um, I had never been a fan of this song, but listening to this, I, I really like hearing what he did with this and where he where he started with this. And I would like to know, why is the guitar gone like that? Or at least uh, as heavy as it was in Li's version. Um, I'd probably say that they're about it's about the same. Although I like the, I mean, as far as vocally, I say it's about the same. Although I'd like the guitar in the Prince version more. All right. They drop
3: well, you know, in the in the Purple Rain uh, soundtrack, I've always felt that that uh, uh, Computer Blue, and um, what's the one after it? My mind slips me here. Um, after Computer Blue, Darling Nikki. That they are always two parts of the, like the same song. I feel similar with Dear Michelangelo and Chili. It always to me in the in the Chili album. It always seemed like the intro to A Love Bazaar, because of how abruptly and cool it goes right from one to the other. So right off the top, I like that this originals version goes, extends beyond what the uh, Romance 1800 version goes. Um, and it's got a lot of, it's, it's a lot more guitar heavy, and I'm never going to say no to that. It, um, and, and again, as with the other Sheely tracks on this, the lyrics are a lot more clear I can make out what, it, what is being said. It's another one of those tracks that, uh, you know, you mumble lyrics, but you like the song and, and you know the chorus, but you mumble the, 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 the verses. Now I know exactly what's being said and I can appreciate the song, the lyrical part of the song a lot more now. Um, and plus, you know, I always could hear Prince doing background vocal on Sheila's version of it and the majority of the tracks on that album, but anyhow, but um, on this one, I definitely would hear his his vocals on it. And now it's like, it almost feels like you have Sheila muted and you get to just hear Prince, which is pretty cool. Um, but I mean, of course, this is the version before that. Um, I think in in her version, it's really cool, but because it's so abrupt, it's like a seven. Uh, his version, it, it's better I like his better, and I think he he uh, he outdid her on this one. And uh, his original's version, I would score it an eight. All right, big sexy.
2: You know, kind of like what Ernie said. To me, this was always the lead-in to Love Bazaar. Now, having said that, Prince does it in a lower, slightly lower register than Sheila, and again. It gives it a whole different life to it you know kind of like I don't want to say I'm like dumbfounded by it but just hearing again I don't know if this one was written for Sheila I'm sure it was but again Prince is taking himself out of his own identity and doing it from the vantage point and attitude of a female and knocking the hell out of it you know um when this was recorded, again, the sax, to me, sounds like Eddie M., and that's great. But again, imagine he's just sitting in the studio. Let me put this together for Sheila. Eddie, come over and play this. Okay. And then Sheila comes in and does her thing on top of it. Amazing. Just, just amazing. The, the, the depth of talent in this band was just, we're still just scratching the surface. You know, and again, hopefully Jay and the people at this stage will say, let's do a a volume two in a year and a half or so. Because there's so much more to to mine from that people will buy. And I can't wait. And again, that's that's what I'm just saying. That's the one thing I don't like about streaming. Ant mentioned this earlier. Having it like an audio track. This is the perfect place, perfect opportunity for some great liner notes to be involved. So hopefully when the vinyl comes out someone at the estate or whoever will do that. Give us that to go along with the music. Give us that type of companion piece. That would make it a double value for me right there.
1: Yeah, you brought up something about this being the lead into A Love Bazaar. Again, just questioning, I wonder how they picked these songs. You would think an obvious choice to to put the uh, Love Bazaar I, I, again. If if there is a Prince version of that without Sheila, it seemed like that would have been an obvious sort of song to put on here, too, because it's that was obviously probably her second biggest of all the songs she had. But then I guess the question would be, how long do you let it play, right? Like, yeah, because it's a pretty long song on the album, but and, uh, anyway, um, the next track, number 14. Wouldn't you love to love me? As I mentioned earlier, there were a couple songs I had to hear immediately. This was the second one. I had assumed this was going to be the Prince version of the '86 take on this, I believe it was '86 that uh, was it the, the later one? Or 87. I'm sorry. it's either 86 or 87 with the version that is on the Taja Seville album. Production wise I I thought this was going To be that because there is a version out There you know that leaked that Is Prince singing that version which Is I wish that Was dope too Um, Now my version of this Song is the actual I think it's the one Maybe one of the very first Versions 1976 version of this That Prince recorded uh, Which sounds like he's doing it into Like a boombox or something But funky as hell but the version that we got is uh I believe from nineteen eighty one recorded in in uh, Los Angeles, really, and this I never heard this before uh I was taken aback when it came on. I was like, "What is this <laughs> and I was like yo they pulling, yeah. they pulling out another one." I had to sit down and rethink every reevaluate everything I thought about this song this This was a grower to me. I will mm-hmm. say this feels more like a bootleg than anything on this album. I only say that in regards to the sound quality of it um I did read a review a review an article interview with Michael Howe and he was mentioning about this song, and they knew like this was the only song that did not sound like all the other stuff sonically wise technically because they were they didn't want to put the same versions we heard previous so they want to do something different and they just got the best quality of what they had and tried to fix it up um but i respect this i love i'm glad that they're not scared to dive a little bit into this isn't you know super studio quality and the rest of it. it's recording studio but this is the best version we had we to put this on there to me this is for the hardcore people like they didn't give us what we had heard before <clears throat> they gave us something different and i can respect that and i'm and i'm taking this one in and i'm i'm learning this i'm okay th- yeah. I can see what Prince is doing oh this is different ah so love it um if i had to nitpick i was i wish they didn't have to be bound to uh there can only be so many songs on this or this has to be i don't know what they're thinking that this release needs to uh fit to some aesthetic i would say load this bitch up like put multiple <laughs> versions of these songs yeah. on there i don't know wh- why not this is for fans in my opinion mainstream people are either gonna buy it or they're not uh, but i don't know so so i don't i would say i don't know why you you wouldn't have take one take two here's the 81 version here's this version i would say you throw them all on there maybe you put them at the end or you have a whole second disc of all mm-hmm. the other stuff but um but i love this i'm glad this is on here i'm curious to hear daydrop and what do you think about this
3: you know um I, i've never heard to this day i had to look it up never heard the tasha zaville version of it i might have i might have but i don't remember it oh, wow. uh so i don't have that basis of comparison to compare to this i don't know if it's if it's a good version or not it is um, it is it was okay a, it was a single that video Eric yeah, I'm sure, I've, I'm sure I have heard it. I just don't recall it. So I'm going to have to listen for that one again. And uh, but so my basis of comparison is for that 76 version, which for me has always been for me that the, the definitive version of the song, you know, because, again, because of the sparseness, I've always liked the way that that's always been a favorite of mine, that track. Um, so when I heard this one, it was shocking at first. I didn't know what to think about it. Uh, again, this is another track that challenged me. And... Um, you know, originally I thought, well, okay, that that's, wouldn't you love to love me? And then that was about all I thought about it. You know, it wasn't anything bad. I just didn't, uh, you know, I go on to the next track. But listening to it more, this is a great version of it. This is a different take of the track. And I'm one who before would love to hear all the different versions of, say, a Computer Blue and how... It evolved, and now with us having heard the '76 version, and then having heard this one that was a few years later, we get to hear the evolution of the track, and how he was playing around with it, and how he 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 decided to go a little disco with this one, and um, you know, I dig that he was doing that, and for the people that put this together, how very like you commented on Mike, how very princely of them to do that, to dare put a track like this on here when it is not up to the same quality sonically as the others. And I've heard a lot of people uh, on forums and stuff, especially on org, whatever you want to call it. Wow. You know, <laughs> you know, especially over there, you know, they, they, they just, you know, for the sake of doing it, almost crap on this version of it because it, of the way it sounds, because it's not up to par with the other ones. But it, it needs to be included on here. Um, because of its challenging aspect. I thought it was a great song. I thought I thought this is a great version of it. Uh, I'm a little tarnished by really loving the 76 version. Um, so that particular one, I-, I-, I score that one a solid eight. This one is on par with that one. It's an eight also, but I could see me enjoying this one a little bit more the more times I hear it mm-hmm. and rescoring it to a higher score because it's got a lot of stuff going on. It's one of those songs that you have to hear over and over again, and be like, okay, this time I'm gonna listen for the bassline, hear what the bassline's doing. Okay, next listen on this track, I'm gonna hear and see what, what the percussion's doing, or the next time I'm gonna hear what, what, what the synth is doing. It's one of those. It's kind of complex that where you wouldn't expect it to be, and I dig that. So yeah, this one's a solid eight.
1: All right, and and apparently there is a an eighty two version, <laughs> which, again, I, I would love to hear that.
0: Um, yeah ampu I never heard the Taz, is it Taja Seville yes. I'm sorry butchering, butchering her name version till yesterday and for me uh, listening to that song that is so sugary pop 80s corny pop song mm. but I mean, you you listen to the song. It is. is. But what astonished me is, is it it just once again, lets you know the genius of Prince that in his sleep, he can just I'm sorry, forget my language, shit out a pop song. And I I heard that version. But this version here is like a whole other song. I mean, you guys are telling me that this is a demo and is and uh, sonically they, they 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 had problems with getting a good, high-quality song. I guess I must be... I mean, I I hit 40. My hearing must be off, because for me, this sounds good. And I really like it. I love the music. It's totally different from the, uh, the Taja Seville one. And just the way he's singing it is... I mean... I thought it might have been recorded around 84, 85, 86s you know, when he was doing that whole Manic Monday and some of those songs, but to hear that it started out in 78, 76, I'm starting to hear, I'm like, okay, yeah, that does sound like something and I, I know there's some MJ haters out here, but this does sound like a song they might have put out or something like, uh, I'm trying to think, who was it? uh Was it Cassidy? Was it Garrett? Um those, those uh, Donnie Osmond, those type of people. This, this song was offered to Mike for the Bad album. Get the hell out of here! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if that would have fit though. I. I mean, he, they probably would have made it work. But wait a minute. He, I'm. Still, hold on. I'm just trying to put my head around it. He <laughs> offered him a song. <laughs> well, yeah. The story it's is, you know, when Quincy got Mike
1: and Prince together it was to, you know, to do the to talk about the duet of Bad. Right. And apparently, you know, obviously Prince didn't want to do that, but he said they said he had submitted this song to them. Instead, obviously they didn't take it, but that would have been interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah it would have. Yes. I I, really, I don't. My opinion. I don't think Prince. I mean, I don't think Michael Jackson could have could have worked with this. This is my opinion. He's, he's great and all, but to me, it just didn't fit him. But overall, I, I really liked the song. To me, it was a it was a discovery, and uh, yeah. Again, again, you're seeing how the versatility of this man is a songwriter and a musician. <laughs> he just cut his mic. That's that, that's that old school, you know, you're in, you're in
1: probably neighborhood with an ice cream man coming down. But anyway, um, all right. <laughs> Big Sexy.
2: You know, Mike, you, you stole my thunder because I was going to mention that oh, my this was offered to Mike. <clears throat> I don't know if Michael's offered this version or something along the lines of what he did with Tasha Saville, but this this is a banger. Now, let's step into the Michael Dean quantum drive for a moment. If Mike said yes to this, and I'm going to disagree with Ann on it a little bit, you put the Q right, sheen on this. Right, right. You got something heavy here. You know, this could have been you know another monster, but again, maybe it was ego. Because after um, after Thrill, I don't think Mike really worked with you know outside songwriters. He worked with producers. Yeah, I don't think he worked with a lot of outside songwriters who didn't bring their own stuff in as producers. So uh, plus, you know, there was the issue between those two, and Mike's like, "No, I'm not gonna do it." You, know, you should have done this one, Mike. Put that Quincy Jones Sheen on it. Yeah. This could have been some real special I, haven't seen I, I all of almost
1: that. seen it. I could have almost seen it uh, in the vein of um, the way you make me feel or something yes. Mi Miami.
2: the vibe is a little similar, not the same type of song yes, but, but anyway now this version sounds like a bootleg. I didn't know the song was dated back to seventy eight or so, but <clears throat> this was a great you know window into what was going on with him. At various stages, again, if they were to expand this, and they have access to the 78 version, to this version, to the 86, and the Taj Seville, why not? Put it all in there. Let us all see how a song matures and goes from one stage to another stage to the completed stage. Now oh, This is another b- head Love it. Yeah, this, this this was a great find on
1: their part to, to put this on there. I definitely love that. All right, the last song on this bad boy is uh, Prince's version of Nothing Compares to You. Um, for me, I've heard this song way too much. Uh, I, I, I dig this when it came out a year ago or so, and I think it's great, superior. I skipped this only because I'm tired of hearing this song so much. But, but I respect this version. This is a great version. Love it. Um, so I, I get why they put it on here. Um, if it was up to me, I would not have put this on here. I would have put something else just because it's already came out. But I'm not mad at it. Um, prosperity's sake and for other people. Well, let me say this. Uh, let me end what I'm saying. I have my closing, but uh, it's nothing compared to you. Ain't nothing for me to say about it. Um, day dropping.
3: Yeah, um, I agree with you Mike. It's not a track that belongs on here because it's already been heard and it's not a track that belongs on here especially as the last track because it's kind of a it feels like a downer nowadays this type this version of it hearing it in light of his passing and everything and the way it's sung and all it it almost takes on a different meaning Um, but it does take on a different meaning. There's no almost about it so I don't think it belongs on here. It it gives the, uh, the ending of a Prince album a downer feel and I don't know of any Prince album that gives you a downer feel at its end, so it it's, doesn't work in that respect. Um, it's in and of itself, though, it is a great track compared to Sinead O'Connor's version. Uh, I've never much cared for hers. I thought it, hers was extremely gloomy, and I know that was the point, but it that it never worked for me. Um, I knew that one was a Prince track when when I first heard her version, and. I always wondered what his version would sound like, and I kind of got the answer when when he did that on the on the hits, the B sides, and when it was released there. And really, I think I, I like I kind of like that version better than this one. This is a good version, though. I mean, nothing wrong with it. But compared to Shane O'Connor's Shane O'Connor's is a six. This version is a solid eight. Um, you know, I don't really listen to it here unless I forget to skip on to another track. The and playthrough, play through. Um, not bad. It's just I don't think it's necessary here.
2: That's all. Big sexy and sack. Co-sign that. I don't think it fits here. And I'm gonna be petty now. Everything on this album were songs given to Prince or given to by Prince to other people. This was a cover. He didn't give her this well so it's a tribute to
1: the family on this album not to her
2: uh, in a sense So, you know what I walked right by that I stand correct because <laughs> right. I was about to let the haterade flow <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it was coming it was coming um, having said that then I remember when we talked to Paul or St. Paul to everyone else on the show and he talked about doing this song you can see what he, what he got to work with you know because the song was pretty much done and he sent it to Paul, said, here you go, get this one. Paul's like, well, goddamn. <laughs> okay. You know, it's a, a masterful song. Uh, again, it is a little, a little heavy way to end a collection like this. And I'm kind of like with Mike on this. I've heard it. And again, when I say I've heard it, I've heard the Prince version. I've heard him do it Rosie, And I've heard St. Paul's version, which is the one I prefer. O'Connor, you don't count here, so yeah, take it somewhere else. But this song does not need to be on this collection because it's too well-known, in my opinion. And who? Uh, I'm
0: going to have to disagree, and I have to give y'all to get off my line treatment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I know this song, I, I, I think it might be two years now that this song has been around. I know they did a video last year at the, for the celebration, celebration. But, I mean, we have to take into account that, yes, this release is for Prince fans. But at the same time, it's, it's a release for people to discover Prince as well. And people that might not know how deep and far back his songs go. Uh, for me, the definitive version, y'all can go ahead and crap on me all you want. The definitive version is Sinead O'Connor. It was. I'm sorry, it was Sinead O'Connor. Mm, I never Will be. What part of for me. Got it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but when I heard this, you know, with that little do, 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 I was like, wait, what the heck? I was like, oh man, Prince. No, they didn't. But then I, I decided, okay, don't, don't, don't judge a book by its initial uh opening beat. I heard the rest of this. I was like, and I put up on Facebook and then Ernie responded. I said, we were not ready for Prince's nothing compares to you. There's a, I think there's a reason he did not put this out in 84, 85, 86 we it just would have blown our minds, in my opinion. We had to go. We had to get all the other stuff, all the other in- experimentation that he did. Some of the trash stuff that he did to fully hear and accept and appreciate this song. And I love it. I'm glad it is here. Now I'm gonna go. Nobody asked me, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway. My rankings of this song is the Prince version, the Sinead O'Connor version. It counts because it was a released album. The One Not Alone version. The Rosie Gaines version from the hits, and then the family. Can I ask you a question? Which version did you hear first? The first version was Sinead. O- oh, come on! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I no, that's it. I Just walked you right into it, and you realized what was going. Right on. Into it. <laughs> yes, Sinead O'Connor one was the yeah, first well, one. That I
1: makes a lot of that. sense then. What you saying?
0: But I, I fully appreciated the Rosie <laughs> Gaines one. Uh, and I thought that that was really good, but there was, for me, there was something about the way she sang and delivered that the vocals on the original one, but Hey, like I'm saying, when I heard this one, I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's the definitive one. That's it. He took it back.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. For me, because it's the version I heard first was the family, like you know, I, the album came out. Heard that, whoa, and Eric Lee's sax solo and all. You know, it's like okay. And then when I heard Sinead a few years later, I said, like, "What the fuck is that? this? This is some, but I, but I, but I get it. Like I understand. Okay, she's uh, you know mainstream. The game is behind her. The song is dope. At the end of the day, it's a great freaking song. So it's supposed to be a big song. You know the family didn't have the machine behind them to promote that like that so nobody had heard it but they knew it was dope and and you know it was steve excuse me steve for i can't even say his name prince's ex-manager who was the manager of prince at that time he's the one that took, suggested it to Sinead, like yo they don't nobody don't know this joint you need to sing this because he knew that song was going to blow it just if you put the right you know you give it a chance so i get i'm not mad at it. the song itself is what's what's dope we may all have our different sort of preferences, but can't deny you know, the OG is the one that did it, you know.
0: what it was so funny is when I found out that, you know, Prince wrote it, I, I just I just heard, oh, Prince wrote the song. So I'm thinking, oh, he, he wrote the song for Sinead O'Connor. And then you know, as I you know got out of high school and went into college, find out no, he wrote the song for some group called The Family, and I'm that was like for me that was my holy grail. That was my first holy grail Prince song. Like I gotta hear this song. And you know, late 90s, th- there was no way I couldn't find it in any record in any record store, and I couldn't find it streaming either. It took I think I want to say it was 2004 before I was able to finally get mm. a bootleg copy of The Family to hear this song. So maybe it was like, it, it might have built it up, and right. and at that point it was like, okay, that was it? Kind of like at you low-key, okay, I'm not putting you on blast, there we go. but kind of like when Wally was finally released, you were like, eh, that was okay. And, I, and actually, a lot of people said the same thing.
1: But I had nothing key. to, yeah, I get it. There was nothing to compare it to, but I hear what you're saying. all right all right let's give our closing thoughts on this we're gonna wrap this thing up uh i'm gonna do mine quickly here to say this uh love this release this is a step in the greatest direction i this is their favorite one they've done so far the, the estate for me um i think this release will work in the same way uh the sly and family stone greatest hits albums worked for me the stevie wonder greatest hits album worked for me uh, they were my introductions into these guys um because i had heard the songs you know just in my peripheral pop culture sort of reference or on the side you know oh yeah i remember hearing that in a movie or i've heard that on the radio before or something but i had never owned the sly albums i'd never owned the stevie albums but i knew they bigger songs i knew the songs i knew a lot of them i didn't realize how much of the songs i didn't know when i bought the greatest hits packages what's the stevie wonder one called aquarium or something like that or it's a music aquarium music aquarium that psh, bangers <laughs> crazy and i would dare somebody tell me uh you know, you need to go buy it you just bought that you stop it this is stevie wonder these songs are eternal i i hear them how i heard them in the same way i can't be mad at some kid or person today who didn't buy Dirty Mind or you know Love Sexy or Signing Times, but they know if I was your girlfriend or if they know Jungle Love or something. I can't be mad at how they got into it, so I can't be mad if this is the introduction. This would be a great introduction. Say, oh, you heard... I, I, I've heard Glamorous Life or uh, Jungle Love. It was in that one Kevin Smith movie. Love that st- <laughs> I love that song, right? I never really bought the time album. I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know who Prince is. Oh, what's this new one streaming? Oh, this is Jungle Up. This is Prince singing this? Wow, you hear these other songs? These are Manic Monday? I have no idea. This guy's freaking amazing. Let me go check out some of his other stuff. And they go down the rabbit hole and they ain't coming out. So I love that these types of releases I think are great, and at this point of where we're at with it, whatever can get the music out there to people, I'm with it, and they discover it on their own and get sucked in. So this is a great release. I think this works on that level. I also think it works great to a fan to to hear his versions. Some of the stuff you may have heard before. There's a couple of songs on here you haven't. Some challenging stuff on here. I said, wow. Okay, let me get into this. Take my time. It's not supposed to be an instant gratification. Uh, So this is a beautiful release. I'm going to buy the deluxe editions. I think it comes with like a 20-page booklet or something like that. I'm curious to see if there's commentary. Yeah, this is worthy for me to get that. So I'm going to buy that. And uh, I hope they do more. You know, I think this is a great idea. I would love to hear other stuff. Uh, even if it's again, this is opening the door to do unreleased Prince song releases. We don't necessarily need to be tied to other artists. And if they have to get down and dirty a little bit and put on something like "Wouldn't You Love to Love Me," and if, if it's not the most pristine quality, I ain't mad at it. Please, please do. I would rather give y'all my money for these types of releases than to be dealing with bootlegs or the stuff be out there for free. So to me step in a great direction uh i hope it does well for them whether it does or doesn't i still love does or doesn't i still love it and i still want more so great love it best thing they've put out so far uh Pooh,
0: what's your last thoughts um for me once again just like the piano and the microphone. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I want more of these releases because they are once showing us the versatility of Prince. I mean, we knew he was great. What with these last two albums are showing us is, it's giving us an intimate look into him, an uh, intimate look into his creative process. He's, we're seeing tracks that he put together. Um, some of us are calling them demos. some of us are calling them guide tracks. Some, I mean, these more than likely, some of these could be tracks that he was gonna put out, but then decided, Am I, let me go left with this. Let me go over here, put it over there. And what I like is, is that it's showing us <clears throat> how he envisioned these tracks for himself in some cases. And I, and I like that. Like when you you, you hear jiggalos get lonely too, you're seeing a different take on that. When you hear in J- Jungle Love, even though I, I like Morris better, you're seeing that, okay, this is how I'm going to be. Uh, and you understand that he was probably performing it for the time, so it was a total act. But there's a grain of truth in that as well. You're seeing a glamorous life, uh, baby, your trip. Um, I'm sorry, what was the Kenny Rogers song? Uh, you're my love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just like it, it just blows your mind at how he's composing these songs. And you're just for me, for a whole new generation that, that that have grown up or now know 1999, let's go crazy. And of course, Purple Rain and, and Kiss. Nah, this man. Can do it all, and here's the like you said. Not, I was about to say here's the proof. No, no, here's the receipts
1: right
0: here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and I love this. And at the same token, it, it's helping me rediscover some of these artists, specifically Jill Jones, who, you know, I know she had the vocal chops, but now I'm going back to go listen to her albums. I'm probably going to go listen to some of her other albums because, you you know, again, I hate to I hate to say that it takes Prince making me appreciate Jill Jones, but you know. Sometimes it's out there and, you know, she, I'm sure she'll say she's happy Prince put her on and she's happy that and, um, she might be happy. I should say I will speak for her. She might be happy to say that Prince is giving her a spotlight again through these songs that, you know, he wrote and gave to her. So the only complaint that I would have. And, you know, maybe it, we'll probably have to wait for the physical disc to come out where they, they do give you the backgrounds into these songs, hopefully to give you some dates. Hopefully they might even have some stories. But beyond that, uh, I want them to take a page from some of the other um, um, anniversary discs that, that that went out. I'm, I'm looking at Michael Jackson with Thriller and Bad, where they're showing you the demos and then they're giving you the the... Uh, original release versions, and then a remastered version. And in between each one of those songs, they got somebody talking. They they even had they had Mike talking about it. They they, they had some um some interviews with him that they put on the album. That's something I would like to see. If they don't have Prince talking about this song, maybe, maybe I mean he was recording everything. Maybe he was recording himself uh, putting the song together and talking to somebody about oh I want this here, oh I'm gonna take this out. I'd like to hear that. I'd like I'd like to to know if that went into it. I'd like to know, hear from Susan Rogers and is it Peggy McCreary? I would like to hear from Jesse Johnson talking, giving us the backstory. I, I mean, was was Jungle Love a diss to the time? I'd like to know if, if that's what people think. So, this to me a nine out of ten, and I want to give it a nine out of ten because there's some songs that I, I wish they had put on there, and a couple they they, they shouldn't have. All right, big sexy.
2: To me, and again, I'm going to get a little blowback on this. This brought all of the excitement to me that piano and a microphone didn't bring. You know, this had so much on it. You know, piano and microphone was a good release, but it was kind of sparse compared to this. This was so rich and so well produced sonically. That's the key to it. And hopefully when the physical releases come out, it will have the booklet and have the stories that go with this music that should be told, that people need to learn about. You know, like Mike, I learned through Sly Stone, or learned about Sly Stone, through that Greatest Hits Package. That's what put me on Sly, which led me to Graham Central Station. So it gives people an opportunity to learn more about this guy who has given... So much music, in so many areas. It's I funny, and hopefully the estate will keep this up, keep this energy up with future releases, because there's a lot in there to go through. And as long as the curators of the vault are doing their job like like this, let's go, let's keep getting them out there.
3: All right, day dropping. <laughs> Well, school is in session with this release, and um, it's going to allow you, if you have the ear for it and you have uh, the the willingness to take a deep journey, will give you a a quick and concise uh, idea that Prince was as prolific as anybody else out there. Even more so, in my opinion, and you will be schooled under, when you start to go down this rabbit hole. This is just a peek into the rabbit hole, and um, <clears throat> I think that a release like this is very, very important. Uh, Piano and the microphone showed you that what happens when he just goofing around, and that shows you that he's he's very talented just doing that. This tells you just how talented he is that these tracks could just go to somebody else. Um, I will be getting a physical copy of this uh, because I want to see what else is involved with this. And I also want to be able to uh, contribute to to the estate as, as proof that these types of releases matter uh, in hopes that other releases like this get get out and uh sooner than later i'm sure eventually will, but sooner than later because like you said mike i would rather pay the estate and 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 pay towards them than to have to hunt this down through uh dubious means with bootlegs um i've got no problem paying for stuff like this and i think it's well worth it these this is a part of a historical bit that we can now hopefully be able to 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 see it's you're uncovering little bits into this uh, this history of Prince's music. Um, and this is just a small little bit of it. If if, like I said, this is class in session, this is the summer version of a class, summer school version, and as it's real concise, real quick, there's so much more out there that requires to be heard, that requires to be taken in. And <clears throat> I want to hear that. I want to be challenged. This album challenged me. This album brought back to me a, a, a happiness that I hadn't had in a Prince release in such a long time. Uh, even when, when he was still with us, I enjoyed the releases that that he was releasing on, on the yearly, and, and they had some good tracks. but. This one here, this collection of tracks here, um, it made me smile, it made me happy, and it made me proud to to be a follower of this guy's music. And more importantly, like I said, it challenged me with certain tracks. And musically nowadays, I like to be challenged by something like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's required listening, this album is. To everybody out there who has not re- gotten it, don't, da- don't download it dubiously. Pay for this. Get it. Show them that this is something that is required listening and that we need more of this. Um, I think, Mike, you said it. It'll open up doors towards a lot more inclusive um, deluxe packages. And I hope it does. I think uh, that this album is very, very necessary. And it's something that will teach people. That, that Prince was as prolific as we all knew he was to those who just weren't sure and just thought that he was nothing more than, than Purple Rain, Little Red Corvette, and let's go crazy. Um, he was much more than that. And um, this is just proof of that here in 15 tracks of just how good he really was. And again, this is just peeking into the rabbit hole, people. That's all it is. There's so much more. You can get lost for hours. It's not an exaggeration. And, um, you know, to round it up for me um, I will give this one a 9 out of 10 It's almost a perfect album I don't think Nothing Compares You Belongs on it And I think it could have been replaced with any other track That would have done much better for us as a whole Um, But it is such a great, great release I am so thankful for this day for putting this together For Jay-Z for for putting this together as well Um, You know, thank you, thank you, thank you for putting this it's worth a listen. It's worth buying. Everybody needs to go out there and get it. And um, let's hope for some more releases like this. I'm I'm extremely hopeful after this kind of release that we will be getting more things like this down the future. And I, I'm i waiting for it with an open arms and open ears.
1: Yes. And just another shout out to Tidal um, putting this out. And I know they got this as part of sort of the settlement of the you know, the deal they had with Prince and, uh, you know, the estate wanted to go a different direction and put it all his music out there. But I love that uh, day one, it was on title first. Uh, that's a good look. In my opinion, it's a good look for all involved. Um, so shout out to everybody that made that happen. And, yo, hopefully you guys enjoyed this review. We went in depth and talked about each track. Uh, we'd love to, you know, hear what you guys thought about this, what you thought about the album. What are some of your favorite songs off of this album? What are some songs that I guess Prince may have given to other people that you may have wanted to hear on this? Or maybe what would you want to hear on, on the next uh, volume of this? Maybe we can give them some ideas of songs we would like to see or hear on a on a original's volume, two, Um, if they could consider that. They did mention the Michael Howell guy on, on the interview. Uh, I think it's a Reddit interview. He did mention that they're looking to see if there's interest for that. So um i'm I'm saying there is man keep it going um also i want to uh invite you to join our patreon page uh if you haven't already please join our patreon just go to podcastjuice.net and you'll see the links there also you'll see the links on the show notes for this episode again join our discord chat Um, if you want to jump in and, and holler at me that's the place to catch me, you know, unless it's on some business stuff, you can email me. But other than that, I'm on that chat all the time. It's on my phone. You'll see all the other co-hosts on there and all the other listeners there as well. So definitely join our Discord chat. It is in the show notes. Last thing, please get your podcast on Prince t-shirts, uh, hoodies, all that good stuff. We got them for sale. Again, go to the website, click on the gear tab. And thank you to all of my co panelists today for joining me uh again also thank you today dropping for coming on we hadn't heard you in a while thank you for coming on last minute yes sir and uh yo as i always say work it like a job we'll see you next time peace